Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday. We're all about to be blown away, I think, if Gareth has his way, because that's the next storm coming in who could bring in snow and all the rest of it. Terrible winds the other day, up to about 65, 70 miles an hour, which is it's quite bad, actually. I was sort of there. I was, I was putting petrol in the car because I did a lot of I bet, 300 miles over the weekend, if not more. And, um, and I had to hang on to my hat. I thought in danger of losing my little hat because the wind was... Sh- Dreadful, you know, trees were bending. If you look at the pictures in some of the papers today, they're dreadful. Anyway, I trust you had a fantastic weekend and uh, everything. Oh, my screen's gone off. Oh, that's back on again. Well, I could have seen. Well, it's, oh, it's on again. It's just too exciting for a Monday morning. And uh, we've got a busy week ahead of us. We hope you're going to stay with us every single day. Thank you very much indeed. If you're sort of one of those insomniac type people, you know, the people that don't sleep, or if you've had sort of a bad weekend, this is the programme for you. We are the kill or cure. OK, this morning we're going to cure. Which good news. We've got the travel a bit later on and uh, we've got the news and we've got your texts and we've got your emails and everything else. So it should be quite nice. Now, I just spent a lot of time driving over the weekend, went to see my godchildren. And we went out to this pub. And I can't remember what it's called. I've been there before. In fact, we, we always have a nice time at this pub, which I think is on the road to Bishop Stortford. And uh, it's it's always really busy. It's always really busy. They're very good. They're very good. And we were. Dr- I wasn't drinking. I was only drinking. They do these like fizzy drinks in little bottles. But they're one of them I had was vanilla. It's delicious. Absolutely delicious. It was like sort of ice cream soda kind of thing. And we had them before in there. And I had uh, chicken kia balls to start with. And then I had Cumberland sausages with mashed potato and onion rings. Delicious. Delicious. And, and it was really nice, really nice. And then yesterday, drove down to see my brother at his girlfriend's, because everybody was sort of last week after sort of saying, have you heard about Stephen's award? No, says my brother. What award? And so, so they gradually picked up, so they then saw it online, which is good. And Matt, who is my... I don't know which relation he's going to be now, but he is my brother's future wife's son. OK? She has two. And I, I think Matt's about 26. It gets very confusing. I don't... Would that be step-nephews? I don't know. I can't remember what it is. It just means that the family's a bit bigger, which is quite nice. And, uh, and it was all very nice. I spent a few hours down there then pootled back. I got completely lost. The sat-nav was brilliant getting me to the place because I don't think I'd been to Marion's before. And then coming back, I went round the ha- eventually I got to the right road. But uh, I'm sure I should have done it better. But, uh, you know, sat-navs are generally quite good. Uh, what else we got? Um, b- 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 a demo, of which you've heard on the news, of Bowie singing Starman is going under the knife. Um, and the footy pervert's ex says he isn't actually a paedophile. Adam Johnson was jailed for having sexual activity with a 15-year-old. I don't know why people think paedophile means you're having sex with sort of people under 10 or something like that. No, under the age of consent, paedophile. It's as simple as that. Um, another one. Oh, I, I, got, I, I got a lovely email from somebody called John. John's not the brightest penny in the box, so I thought we might as well highlight him. And he says, did you win an award just that you haven't mentioned it? That's all. John, John's, John's a bit lonely, I'm afraid. John doesn't have any friends. And he says, was that award where you were up against about ten other mediocre presenters? You know, so I, I kind of thought, he's actually becoming a bit more stupid. Then he says, hardly something to write home about, is it? It's only taken you 40 years. John Sweet Pea, I know you're lonely. I know you don't have many friends. And I know that, you know, money's a bit tight. But uh, it was a 40-year award. <laughs> you don't have to wait for it. It was a 40-year award. And, of course, nobody else has got it. I'm the first one. 
So I don't, you know, I don't want to highlight your your stupidity. But to be honest with you, I mean, you're a bit thick. It was a year. It was an award for celebrating 40 years on the same station. So there you go. Whereas I shouldn't imagine you've lasted 40 minutes in anything. But uh, no awards for you, eh, John? No awards for you. Never mind. Uh, the comic Duncan Norvell was kicked off a variety show because he was too slow and wheelchair bound. That's what happens when you get a bit older. That's what happens. He spent most of his early life rushing around all over the place. Uh, Martin and Gary Kemp could soon be making their own Bross-style fly-on-the-wall documentary. Actually, I did see... Uh, Martin Kemp at the Global Awards the other day. Plus, Gemma the Fridge turned up for the Dancing on Ice final and turning up is about all she did. She might as well have sent a fax of herself in because, as usual, uh, totally useless. Totally. She probably spent more time in hair and makeup, certainly makeup and hair, uh, trying to do something with uh, this. Now she's had all the extensions taken out. She looks ridiculous. And it's really embarrassing because she turned up and, as we predicted, she didn't dance. Why? She can't dance. She can't dance. So they sort of wheeled her onto the ice where she stood there looking a bit precarious. I thought, go on, fall over. Go on, make our day. And then she sort of started waving an arm around and then she knelt on the ice and did some peculiar sort of duck dance or something. And, uh, and then she rolled over onto her back, which she had no trouble doing whatsoever. And I remember thinking then, you really are a waste of space, aren't you? It's called dancing on ice, not rolling around on your fat bum, I'm afraid. But that's about all she did. Roy Chubby Brown. I don't know if you've ever seen Roy Chubby Brown. He is about as rude as it gets, I think. Generally speaking, there is every every rude word under the sun. And I think he's, he's probably as rude as... Uh, who's the Scottish comedian? Frankie Boyle. Frank, Frank, I would think that there's not a lot to choose between Frankie Boyle, who's, who's very gifted, I think very funny. But there again, it depends what, you, what your sense of humour is. Uh, David Lammy was on yesterday. Do you know, I, I knew it was him straight away. I didn't even need to think about it. I just heard his voice and went, that's David Lammy. It's David Lammy. And again, you're all still divided, although it's, it's erring more on the we don't want to back here at any cost. This is the Begum woman. And uh, this is after Diane Abbott stuck her six penneth in, but I don't think she knows what day it is. And so she was saying we should bring her back. To do what with? I've got no idea. She, uh, the way that David Lammy described it, it made it sound like she'd been groomed. Then she popped over there for a weekend. She was there for four years. She wasn't held against her will at all. She really wasn't, you know. And, you know, as I say, this has to be the, the last item on it. You're assuming, everybody was assuming that she really did have a child, as opposed to maybe holding somebody else's child. And then when that didn't work to get her back, now we're being blamed... Because the child died. The fact she's had two other children who have died as well. And then people are saying, oh, perhaps there aren't any doctors. Of course there are doctors. It's a refugee camp. They're swarming with doctors. They can't have enough doctors. You know, it's probably because she's obviously not able to look after a child. Also, she seemed to give interviews fairly quickly. Fairly quickly. Uh, do the BBC do awards for their radio presenters like Global do, says Jill? Well, they don't do awards for presenters at Global. They don't. It's, I was the first. I think I'm the first one. Never had uh, anything before. Because, it's not just because I'm a... Do they do the same thing? Oh, local radio awards. BBC Radio Shropshire. Here he is, the vicar. Yeah, woo, woo, woo. The vicar conducting church services and getting two phone calls in an hour. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a result. No, it was only because I did 40 years. 40 years on the same radio station. You know what we're going for now? OBE. We've decided we're going for an OBE just to really annoy the people who don't like me, which is fantastic. Because the more, the more they don't like me, the more they listen. And so you get sort of poor, sad people like little little John. You know, it's a, it's a bit sad. He says, nice YouTube video tour of Twickenham, but poor John is so lonely. 
We really feel sorry for you, John. Honestly, I hope I hope that you manage. You won't because you're fairly ancient, I know. But I hope that you do find some some friends. That uh, unfortunately you might need to change your attitude a little bit. It's not going to work, is it? Really? But you know, I'm sorry for you. Very. In fact, we've all, we're all sorry for you. This morning, producers sorry for you. Scottish boys so- sorry for you. Everybody's sorry for you. Because it's, it's, it must, it must be a bit difficult just sitting there staring at a wall for most of the day. But there you go. Saw Duncan Norvell in Great Yarmouth. He was hilarious. Won't forget it, says Bish. Very, very funny. Very, very funny. Yes, he was very good. Chase me. <laughs> used, to, used to laugh and we all laughed at the same time. Uh, a lot of people talk about knife crime. There's, again, there's, there's, there's no solution to this. You can turn on, on the radio every day and I can guarantee it'll either be Brexit, knife crime... Or whether we want this uh, stupid little child back in the country. No, we don't. No, we don't. Thank you very much indeed. I think she's a danger to this country. Let's face it. Why don't we just... I mean, if you don't think she's a danger, then let's just bring in all of ISIS. Let's offer them all sanctuary, shall we? And then people come up with these crappy lines, which is, you know, she's a human being. She was with a murderous bunch of paedophiles who behead people and throw gay people off the top of buildings. They're perverts. And you think that's okay? No, 99% of people in a recent survey said they didn't want anything to do with her. She can die over there as far as they're concerned. People were very harsh about it. Very harsh. Even I was surprised at that bit. But there again, you know, what, what has she achieved in life? David Lammy made it sound like she was some poor little girl from sort of some backstreet slum who was groomed. She was an A-grade student. She knew exactly what she was doing. She thieved her sister's passport. She thieved stuff to sell so they could pay for the tickets. And she actively sought out ISIS. She's not some little girl who was groomed. You know, it's very nice to hear all these people sort of saying, oh, you know, we, we must be charitable. Must be charitable? I don't quite understand why we'd want to be charitable. For somebody who thinks that murdering is OK. It, it was explained to her, she said, because she's obviously not bright enough. You know, I mean, I heard somebody yesterday describing her as thick. I didn't think she was thick at all. I think she's conniving. I think she's devious. I think she would say just about anything to get what she wants. But uh, we don't we don't want her. Thank you very much indeed. You might want her. Some stupid person wrote in and said, she can come and live with me. I'm hoping that person's on medication and isn't allowed to vote. But, you know, I, I do worry about it. Uh, plus, uh, Fury at Derby security farce and a pitch invader who thumped some poor Aston Villa midfielder live on television. He's been charged now. Also, uh, what was the other one? Oh, seven Brits among 157 killed when a passenger plane crashed in Ethiopia. Well, look at that one. Uh, and how and how a former army captain... How much do people make begging on the streets? How much do they make? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday morning. I know, I know, I know, I know. Traditionally, the day that you go, oh, I hate Monday morning. Don't know why. Steve, your fizzy-flavoured drink, was it cream soda? It, well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't cream soda, but it was something, it was vanilla. It was, lo- whatever it was. I can't even remember the name of the, of the manufacturer, but it was delicious. It really was. Uh, Steve, if us spikers get our way, your OBE is sure in future, says Jane. Yeah, you have to write to Downing Street, I believe. Somebody told me that's how it works. You write in, and then Downing Street consider it. And I thought, well, the amount of people that followed this this programme, good Lord, I mean, it's, it's in the bag. It's in the bag. Services to commercial broadcasting. I don't think there's anybody else who's done 40 years on one station. Uh, did you get a gift on the award? No, you don't get a gift, no. Well, you get, your f- you get a free dinner, which is very nice. Gemma Collins, Steve, says Kel didn't even skate. 
She flapped her arms around, then fell to her knees. The one's going to take six months to heal. She's an absolute joke. Please let her go to L.A. Yeah, she said she, she comes up with rubbish because she's a bit thick. In fact, she's more than a bit thick. She's quite a bit thick. And, uh, and then she get all upset. Ah, oh, because I ain't going to do it. But now I'm going to give it my, my best. Well, kneeling on the ice, dear, waving your arms around is, is more pathetic than I've ever seen. But there again, makes no difference, does it? Makes no difference at all. That's what she does. And apparently they go. Now, now they're thinking. Well, she's thinking because she's a bit dim. She wanted to be in a, what was it? She wanted to be in a film or something. As if. And then she, then she came up with this classic line on Jonathan Ross that uh, she thought she'd go to L.A. and be a big star over there. They've got fat birds, dear, in L.A. They don't need any more. I mean, what, what, what can you contribute? Nothing. Over here, you're, you're, you're the joke person. But uh, over in L.A., they've got people who can actually do things. You know, you actually can't do anything. You can't ice skate. You can't take everything. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit disappointing, really. So, you know, I mean, if you are going, I'll drive you to the airport myself, provided you've got a one-way ticket and you don't come back. That'd make it quite nice, wouldn't it? We could just about fit you in the back of the car. We'll squeeze you in a little bit. Uh, Kevin in Rome says, I lost colleagues on the Ethiopian Airlines flight, which crashed. Uh, not only my colleagues, but because I could have been with them on that flight. Yeah, it's, it's this plane, isn't it? I think they've grounded quite a number of them. I don't know how it works. I don't. I really don't. I think the Bowie demo is going under the hammer, not under the knife, says Mike. Well, it can go under the, go under the knife as well, couldn't it? It's a cassette. Can I, it, it's a cassette. You need to try tofu sausages. Oh, no. And some no, 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 no. Sorry, I'm a meat eater. Meat eater. You eat tofu sausages. I'm not, I'm not decrying what you want to eat. You eat what the hell you like. But uh, I won't be eating tofu anytime soon. Marilyn says, you just said you hate Monday mornings, yet you always say you enjoy every day. I do. I do. I'm also exactly fickle. I can say whatever I like, whatever I like. And and I, I, I don't say I always say people elsewhere hate Mondays. You know, people go, oh, it's Monday morning. I love every day, every single day. I love can't help it. It's it must be something. And, you know, it must be like a nurse getting ready to go into work, thinking, you know, how much good you can do. And uh, and I always think, you know, that's that's the same as radio, isn't it? You go onto radio, you don't know how the programme's going to turn it. You have no idea. You cannot plan it. You cannot plan, you know, a sort of a, a programme. You might have a list of items, but how it goes depends on what sort of mood you're in. I was listening to David Lammy the other day. Some of the calls went well, some didn't go well. But that's but that's the whole idea of it, isn't it? George is an older shot. And he says, I have to disagree. I love Monday mornings only because it means the end of a weekend of night shifts. It's a moral victory. See, it's funny because I, I like coming into work. We all like coming to We wouldn't be here otherwise. I would say, if, if you don't like it, go away. Go away and sort of go and do something else, if you can find something that you like. Because my, my brother's, I mean, a complete career change. I won't tell you what he's doing, but it's a complete career change. Because he, sort of, he said, I've, I've now put that, you know, what I did before behind me, now looking forward to something else. I said, what, me too? Me too. Monday morning, 4am, Spike. I'm here as usual, says Nick. You're already making me laugh. Congratulations on the Global Award. Kind regards. Thank you. Yes, we were getting loads of those. Loads. Johnny, my producer from Essex. Tall boy, Johnny. Good looking. Uh, very good looking. I seem to get them. I don't know why. Every so often, you know, the uh, it sort of throws up another good looking person. And so on this programme, we got Chris. And, uh, and that's the way it works. You, know, you thought we were going to say you, didn't you? Yeah, well, we wouldn't going to mention you at all, I've decided this week. See if we can get through a whole week without mentioning Scottish boy. Oh, there you go. We've fallen at the first hurdle. Doesn't matter, does it, really? Uh, as for an OBE, a small donation to the Tory party so, should uh, secure it, says Nick. Oh, no, we can't be doing donations. <laughs> Tory party or otherwise. But uh, get yourself a cup of tea because you need to put your feet up for the programme. So I don't want you to sort of overextend yourself 
But uh, I want you to get sort of physically cross about certain things. Because I don't know what the answer is. I know that we can talk about knife crime and say, oh, let's have stop and search. That's not going to solve it. So what happens if, you know, you, you stop and search somebody, whoever they happen to be, and this person pulls a knife on the person who stopped them and plunges it into them? Where, where are we then? Back where we started. Although I'm, I'm quite surprised, actually, that uh, Diane Abbott, you know, being, you know, sometimes you, you, you think she's quite clearly not of this planet. She seems to sort of come up with the most bizarre things. I think, where on earth did that come from? And she's sort of, you know, she wants to bring this sort of begging woman back to this country. And I'm thinking, I'm sorry, did you remember the policeman who was stabbed outside in broad daylight? Do you remember the people who've died in this country because of people like her? Obviously not. Well, i tell you what, why don't you take her into your house, dear? Take her into your house. She won't, of course. Naomi Campbell and Leanne Payne said to be all over each other at the Hong Kong electric motor race. But they didn't want a picture taken together. I'm not surprised. The outfit she was wearing was chronically naff. Never seen such a stupid outfit, but that's models for you. They've never got any idea. But, I mean, she's, uh, she's, she's old enough to be his mother, I think. In fact, I'm pretty certain she's old enough to be his mother. But uh, they don't want to be pictured together, probably because it looks even worse with her sort of, you know, old things going on and uh, him being young and vibrant. But uh, obviously enjoying an older woman. Because he liked, he liked Cheryl. But they did meet at the Global Awards. They were there. I was watching. Uh, you know, kissing all the rest of it. Mind you, he was up and down like a jack-in-the-box. I've never seen anybody move around so, uh, so fast. Marilyn says, I'm listening to you downstairs. My neighbour and her three lovely children are upstairs. Uh, as at two this morning, their water pipes burst. The house is flooded. Husband had such a trouble turning the water tap off. It should be under the sink. That's where it should be, your water tap. You should always learn where the water tap is, just in case of something happening. So under the sink, and then you sort of you sort of turn it off, and then effectively you've got no water. It's a pain, isn't it, really? It's ridiculous. When, when Leanne Payne was born, this is a little, little fact for you, Naomi Campbell was 23. So there you go. Old woman picks up young boy. <laughs> There's not a lot you can say, is there, really? Mind you, wasn't it the same for Cheryl? Cheryl was sort of fairly... Uh, not not quite the, as old, but uh, but Cheryl apparently still single by herself. She'll need to find somebody soon, otherwise, you know, they'll start talking. And you know what they're like once they start talking in this business. Gold blimey! They found the secret son of that pervert, Gary Glitter. He lives in Cuba, and his uh, mother is called Yudania. Uh, the son is called Gary, and he's eighteen. But he's one of these old-looking eighteens. You know why? He's got a skateboard under his arm. And that's not. I've, I'm sorry, but I'm one of these people. Uh, who sort of thinks that people who skateboard are a bit sad. You know, Brooklyn Beckham did it, but then, then he became a barista, not. And then he became a photographer, not. And then he became just a bit of a drip. He did. That was good. And uh, looking at uh, Gary Glitter's son, if, if that's 18. That's, he's an old-looking 18, but he's got a skateboard under his arm. I think he might either have a yoghurt or something else. He said, I'm in touch with Dad, but it's difficult. Uh, apparently, Gary Glitter sends, sends cash to this boy and his mum in Cuba from behind bars. So there you go. She met him. This is Yudania, uh, age 21. But there's something odd about people who want to skateboard. They, so councils are expected to build skate parks so they can, uh, you know, kids skate up and skate down. And skate up. And then they jump off the skateboard and then they lumped it. It's very dull and very boring. Very dull and boring. But uh, if they like doing it, that's fine. And uh, Anne says, you didn't say you hate Monday. You said some of us out here do, and then radio is here for us. Thank you, Anne. 
You see, that's the trouble. People can't hear properly. Uh, Steve, uh, was it Dr. Pepper's vanilla? No, no, it's not Dr. Pepper. It's no make I've ever heard of. But it's quite a fancy-looking label. I'll need to find out the name of the pub and find out what it is they serve, because it was, it was quite delicious. It comes in loads of different flavours. Uh, Bish says, I had a near-fatal heart attack three years ago at the age of 49, now 52. I live every day and make the most of it, whether it's Monday or not. Absolutely. We're all on borrowed time, take my word for it. We're all on that time where one day there'll be a calling from the big man upstairs and that'll be your time to go. And uh, you either go, you know, cheerfully or you go miserably. I'm going to go cheerfully, actually, because I'm reckoning it's an even bigger audience up there than it is down here. Imagine I could sit on a cloud and pontificate. They'll hate me. The angels would have me removed. The angel union would be going, oh, no, not again, not again. He did four hours yesterday on the cloud. Do Ofcom operate? No, that's the good news. Ofcom don't operate up there. <laughs> That'll be my saving grace. They go, oh, no, Steve, we're from Ofcom. Oh, forget we're in heaven. Come on, enjoy it a little bit. Well, I don't know, you're a bit near that knuckle about Moses, you know, in the bulrushes. Oh, come on, and that big ice cream manufacturer in the, in the Far East. What was that one? Walls of Jericho. And and I remember thinking, oh, I quite like that. You know, the trumpets will sound and then they'll all collapse down. And I, I could have been, who was that man? Oh, Samson, wasn't it? They cut his hair off and he became weak like a woman. A bit like James Jordan. But he did win the Dancing on Ice, so we decided not to mention it. That's worse uh, as, as anything. Jane says the ISIS women are worse than the men because they infiltrate the ideas into their children. They're sick people. They're sick people. They can't help it. She's She's as sick as the next one. But uh, unfortunately, what's going to happen is, you know, I heard somebody earlier on and I thought, you quite clearly haven't thought this through. You're a bit dim, saying she could tell us all ISIS's secrets. She would be beheaded within seconds. They don't have any hesitation killing women or children. They don't have any hesitation. I promise you. There's also a boy of 17 arrested on suspicion of attempted murder. Is this on a daily basis? I'm not sure if I'm reading out old stories or I'm reading out... New stories. Because Naomi Campbell, after God knows how many years, has backed the Daily Mirror anti-knife campaign. Have you not noticed it before, Naomi? Probably not. Probably not. Uh, Steve, whilst making a carrot soup, I threw in frozen sweet potato chips. Turned out brilliant. Oh. If you did move on to your first cloud, who'd be your first in conversation in the afterlife, says Nick? God. God. Got a lot of questions for God. Lot of questions. Really, I mean, seriously, a lot. Spiker Anna says off to Manchester Airport this morning for our trip to India for my 70th. Temperature's 32 degrees there. It's too, too uncomfortable, I'm afraid, for me. Double it and add 30, so you're looking at just under 100, aren't you? 30, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Steve and co. That'll be you next door. On Saturday, I was in a very busy low mood. I was in a very, oh, sorry, very, a very low mood due to various circumstances while shoegazing my way down the street. Yeah. In the blustery wind, a senior gentleman walking towards me had his hat taken straight off by a huge gust. Flew right at me about ten yards and I caught it square. Very grateful. There you go, you see? Chris, you do a, you do a, good, a good job for somebody and somebody's happy and somebody goes home very happy. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 27 minutes to five. Little Julie says, trust you got plenty of sleep yesterday. Goodness me, it was like the four seasons. Sunshine, clouding over, heavy hail shower. Luckily, I was in uh, Valerie Patisserie having a cup of tea and a sneaky cake. Yes, I saw her waiting at the uh, at the bus stop, actually. But it was uh, it was it was every season. We got every season there. I couldn't I couldn't quite believe it, actually. I was <laughs> going down the motorway. It was so windy. 
and so sort of blown apart, you know, and you think... Uh, uh, Ray says, if you don't go to heaven and go to the other place, uh, will you work for Hell BC? I don't think there is another place, is there? I don't think there is another place. <laughs> as far as I know, there's not. Mind you, you're in Hayes. That could be the other place, couldn't it? That could be, I know Hayes very well, very, very well. Uh, loving the show and, uh, and your uh, rants about GC. Well, it's, not, it's, it's just a case of if somebody says they're on a programme called Dancing on Ice, I'm assuming Dancing on Ice is dancing on ice. I mean, you know, ice... We know what it is. It's frozen water. And dancing is... She didn't do any of that. She just basically knelt down. She can't stand up on the ice and she can't dance. And she certainly can't skate. Not that skating came into it at all. So it was, it was a little bit embarrassing. Totally agree about Miss Begum. I just think it's, it's wrong. I just think it's wrong if she wants to go and, you know... I mean, I can't quite work out. She said she wanted to come back because she wanted to give her child, you know, a better chance... And that's what they've hinged all on. So now it comes down to our fault because the child has died. But they have doctors over there. They're not so backward. They don't have things like that. They managed to get her to give birth. We weren't told that the child was small or undernourished or had any illnesses or anything like that. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. But of course, now she doesn't have that lever, does she? The child would have been the lever to get back into the country. And I'm not sure whether or not uh, it's going to change anything. Because what are they going to do with her? Are they going to put her up in court? Are they going to complain about her in, in court? Are they going to sort of put her away? Will we have to look after her? Do we have to give her money? I don't know. I seriously don't know. I don't think they know either. Richard says, my father was a pilot for nearly 60 years, including five, year, five years in the RAF, and said to me, aeroplanes don't just fall out of the sky. And that was at a time when technology was primitive compared to today, either pilot error or sabotage. I can't think of any reason why it would be sabotage. Nobody's claimed responsibility. Nobody's said, which normally people do. Something happens. Generally speaking, somebody says, oh, you know, we were responsible for doing this. I don't see how they've solved anything at all. Ron says, did you dodge the rugby traffic by leaving Twickenham early? Yep. Well, the rugby wasn't till uh, later in the day. So I, was, I think it was five o'clock or something. So I was, I was fine. Uh, it's now time, Steve, says Holly. Uh, for TV shows, the papers and magazines to drop the arrogant reality show freaks. It destroys the reputation of good shows like Mastermind and insults those of us unfortunate enough to witness their utterly banal personalities. They passed their use-by dates long ago. You're right. Off to the job centre with them. Yes, I mean, I think so, because otherwise they're going to start... Th we're going to end up with a whole nation of people who think all you've got to do is just behave badly. And, uh, and that means that you actually sort of get something back for it because eventually we're going to run out of time aren't we we're going to run out of time we're going to run out of things for them to do because they don't have anything so you're going to end up with mastermind which they've had on a couple of occasions people were so dim it's almost embarrassing almost embarrassing jonathan in uh, tower hill Muzzletoff, thank you and uh, well deserved respect from your colleagues yes loads from the colleagues loads from the colleagues but i, th I think that sorry just going back to holly i think definitely off to the job center none of these people appear to have had uh, appear to have had jobs even the dreary Beckhams don't seem to have... The, the children don't seem to have jobs. We just seem... You know, we get a picture of, you know, youthful Beckham going out and then the father going out and then now they're going... They're worth a billion, only in dollars. Only in dollars. Not quite the same. Not quite the same. They're a British family. But uh, they have to come up... With, they must be running out of ideas. What else can they do? What else can they do? Any suggestions for insomnia, says Jackie and Paddock Wood? No. Why would I be recommending... Uh, something to help you sleep. I'm a radio presenter. I can't recommend something for sleeping. 
She says six months in hospital doesn't help. No. And uh, can I thank Ian Dale for his support? Oh, he's given it up, has he now? Oh, right. I, was, I saw him wearing it a few times and I thought that, that'll, be, that'll be shared out among people sort of who need it. <laughs> no, there is no cure for insomnia. Well, there is. There is a cure for it, but I'm not going to tell anybody. I don't want people to go to sleep. The whole idea is when I'm on, I want people wide awake. Well, as wide awake as you can be, which would be easier. Comic Duncan Norvell was kicked off a variety show because he was too slow and wheelchair bound. His furious wife, Linda, described the decision as outrageous. Duncan, who became famous with his catchphrase, chase me, suffered a stroke seven years ago, but he made a good recovery, now performs one or two shows a month. And uh, he was originally booked several months ago to play on a Saturday night. And uh, they only found out yesterday morning that they didn't want him. We were told one of the committee members who make the decision didn't want a wheelchair-bound comedian and he'd be too slow for their audience. Apparently later, they said he couldn't appear because he'd suffered a heart attack. Well, yes, he suffered a stroke, but that's finished. The comics agent says Duncan was booked several weeks ago. It wasn't until Saturday morning that we were told he wasn't wanted. We'd been told it was because he was in a wheelchair bound, which he isn't, the way Duncan's been treated, is disgraceful. Spokesman for the venue blamed the cancellation on a lack of wheelchair access. Well, if you're running a club, matey, you're supposed to have wheelchair access. You can't just run, run a club. He says we apologise for any misunderstanding. Why don't you just put down no disabled? That would make it easier, wouldn't it, if you don't, if you don't want disabled people. But if you're running a club, you're supposed to have fire exits. Perhaps your club needs looking at. Perhaps the club, it's called the, the Mansfield 2 in, is it Rugley in Staffordshire or Rugley or Rouge? Oh, Rougely. Originally booked him t- several months ago to play on a Saturday night. But they don't have, so it's a club, but they don't appear to have wheelchair access. Don't you have any disabled members? I would think, actually, that would be Dury Gur in this time. There's a very good chance of finding somebody in a wheelchair. Oh, dear. <sighs> 84850, I love the story of Kenneth Hudson and his wife, Anne. He's 87, she's 83. And he's uh, just celebrated, well, both of them have, obviously, the 60th wedding anniversary. So they're in an old people's home and they like train travel. So what they've done is they've sort of mocked up um, a train carriage so they can sit there and have their their tea, which was salmon, followed by custard. And just it, custard, nothing else in it, not sort of fruit or you know, sliced banana or something. But anyway, they enjoyed views on a TV screen window of their journey from Cambridgeshire to Warwickshire. How clever is that? What a brilliant idea. A video of the train installed last month had half a million views on Facebook in two weeks. Sarah Moore, deputy boss of the home, says residents are loving the opportunity to escape. and are not surprised. What a brilliant thing. I mean, you know, I wish all care homes were exactly the same as that. Unfortunately, they're not, I'm afraid. Did you see Rachel Stevens? On Celebrity Mastermind, specialist subject, a character from Friends. She's still gorgeous, though. Is it... Ra- Wait a minute. In the back of my mind, Rachel Stevens, hasn't her father got a, a rather peculiar business? I've got this... In the back of my mind, there is a story about Rachel Stevens that her father has got uh, a business... I can't, I can't remember what it is. You might have to find it on Google, actually, because I'm, I'm pretty certain, because most of her stuff involves S Club 7. And there you go. There you go. He has a, he, uh, he has a sex guidebook to London. That's what he has. And um, so uh, he, uh, she's forgiven him for his dodgy business deals, including a sleazy guide to London's best prostitutes. 
I thought there was. I knew there was something in the back of my mind. Ooh, ooh, nasty. Uh, the some girl singer has buried the hatchet with her father, Michael Stevens, taking a swipe at her glory days as a pop star. But uh, she's a total. What's it? He said in a rant. I don't care if I never see her again. She's a stunningly beautiful girl. That's about all she is. She's so selfish. Dear, another family that have fallen out together. I don't, why is it with these families that fall out? You know, I mean, they had a whole. Se- I remember watching the. Uh, there ain't no party like an S-Club party and all that kind of stuff. But that was years ago. That was years ago now. But uh, she's still around. I'm sure she's done loads and loads of things. But, uh, you know, interesting. And uh, also her mother, who looks uh, still very good. Must be very difficult. If you've been very big and S-Club were very, very big. Very, very big. And now now they're not because they don't exist. Then we had another thing as well. Uh, she's dated loads of people. She's become engaged to you know, not nothing in recent years. Really? What do you do then if, you, if you're sort of young? I spoke to somebody the other day who was famous when they were younger and they're actually been clever. They've saved their money, and which I think is actually you know, a very good idea. And um, Steve, congratulations. You certainly did. The guy from the Magic Circle who you called, boy, he's not a big talker, is he, says Carl. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't, actually. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Although that was actually quite good by his standards. Uh, Ray says, uh, Re- Helby, C and Hayes. I'm from Hayes in Kent, near Bromley, uh, i.e. the one in heaven, not the other one. Yes, there's Hayes in Middlesex. There's two Hayeses. Oh, well, there you go. I've learnt something new. There's two Hayeses. How interesting. Which one's the nicest one, though? Which one is the best one? Is it the Kent one? Oh, is it? Oh, right. Unfortunately, I was born in the other one. It doesn't help, does it, really? Uh, 84850, steve at uk. It'd be great if uh, LBC... Says Kerry, could give a bit of coverage to the Special Olympic World Games, which open later this week. Oh, yes, we'll be covering it. We'll be covering it. We'll always be giving mentions for things like that on LBC. Uh, it's in Abu Dhabi. 7,500 athletes with intellectual disabilities from 190 countries. Seen it before. Uh, Kerry is supporting the Maltese team. Why are you supporting the Maltese team if you're from Essex? It must be family connections, mustn't it? And uh, Angel from Enfield says 40 years. Phew, blimey. You keep me company in the wee small hours of the morning while the rest of my family sleep. Well done, you. Thank you. And uh, I heard, Steve, some idiot's theory on the radio yesterday that knife crime might just be a fashion which will go out of style. Bell-bottoms, shell suits, mullets of fashions. Carrying knives and stabbing people to death are serious crimes and need serious action. Well, I mean, I, we, nobody knows what the answer is. I wish we, wish we knew. You, you can have a million people contributing and every single person thinks they know the answer to it. I don't know the answer to it. And I'm probably as, uh, as informed as the next person. Enjoying a show whilst laying in a hammock, says Simon. It's uh, 32 degrees and sunny every day in Vietnam. There's the new destination, isn't it? Vietnam. People are very much keen on, on Vietnam. I'm here for a six-week holiday with my wife, who is Vietnamese. She keeps wondering why I'm laughing all the time. Love it. Love it. Thank you. Well, you have a nice time. Sounds lovely. Oh, I'd love to be over there now. I've never eaten Vietnamese. I don't know even what Vietnamese food would be. Would it be sort of similar to, you know, Chinese, Asian, Thai, something like that? Sounds quite nice, though, doesn't it? I quite fancy it. Be a lot of meat, I would think, pop it. There wouldn't be much, much for you to eat. I don't think so. Perhaps you could just have some, some grass or something, something like that. I, I don't think there'd be any. I'm sure it's mainly chicken and um, beef and things like that. A lot of roadside cooking, a lot of that sort of street food. We've got a place opening around the corner here, which is street food. Can't wait to see what, what the street's like. Because I'm, I'm quite into things like, you know, when somebody cooks something very quickly. Because there's a pizza place there and they cook the pizza, I think, in two minutes. 
It's supposed to cook. For, a pizza is supposed to, it's supposed to be so thin that you shove it in. And then when you pull it out in two minutes, it's supposed to be cooked. A bit, is it six or seven? It's, it's not bad, is it? When they first opened, we, we had uh, we had loads of pizza. They were giving pizzas away and we got little sambo. It was delicious. I like it thin. I don't like it too th- if If you go thick and they do, then they did those ones with the, the crust with cheese in it. Quite like that. And uh, and then they used to. Where was it? Where was the place that was all you can eat pizza? Was that Pizza Hut? Something like that. It was one of them. But then they had to stop it because students were going in there and they were delivering pizzas to the table. Now, if you go to one of these all you can eat pizzas, they bring the pizza round and give you a slice. And you think, no, put three slices. That's the whole idea. If you're going to tell lies and say, you know, all you can eat pizza and then it's not really... Well, they used to, yeah, absolutely. It was it, it, it was students who killed it because they they'd go in there and they just eat for the entire country. I don't know how they stuffed it away, but they did. They did. You did that? Did you do that? Did you go to one of these? Yes, yes, it was. It was it was all you can eat for whatever it was. I don't know. Um, who's a new girl at nine? There's a link in there, a very good link, actually. The new girl at nine. Uh, also, 100 people have tried the one-pound roast dinner and they loved it. Not surprised, it's a quid. But you have to spend three. You have to spend three, three pounds on a drink to get the pound lunch. But it looked delicious. Ron says, two Hayes's, two Ashfords, but only one Twickenham. I wonder why, why that was, you know, why there, was sort of, there aren't two Twickenhams around the country. It was probably, fancy having two Hayes's. Two Ashfords. It doesn't matter, though, does it? Rod says, we only have her word that two babies died. Third baby appeared just as she needed the sympathy vote. When she refused the baby, uh, when she was refused, the baby died. I never saw a baby, only a bundle of... Well, I did see a baby. Whether or not it was her baby, I don't know. I really don't know. But, I mean, they're they're not keen about people giving interviews and things like that. Certainly not about the subject she wanted to talk about. You know, just made her a target, I would have thought. But um, whether or not it changes now, I don't know. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Who's a new girl at nine? Who's a new girl at nine? This was a very interesting story that I found on the internet, and it's appeared in a, in a couple of the papers today. And it's the story of a little boy. A little boy who, at the age of six and seven, I think, uh, decided that he wanted to be a little girl. And what he used to do at home, this is somebody in this country, I think about Stoke-on-Trent or something like that. And, uh, and his, his mum used to sort of make him up. And all. She didn't think, she just thought, you know what little boys are like now? They, they play with dolls, they do all sorts of things. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. In this particular case, it, uh, it was a case of, he was sort of acclimatising. He sat in the bath one day and he said to his mum, I think I'm a girl. And so from that moment, he started dressing as a girl. He started doing girly things. He has three other brothers. And, and his mum said it's actually quite nice, you know, to actually have a girl to go out with. And we do shopping. And he only answers to his, uh, to his girl's name. And he's got clothes. And he seems totally happy with it. Totally happy. So, of course, I'm always a bit dubious about whether or not nine years old you know things like that. But I think secretly you probably do. Probably do. So now he is a she and is totally happy being a new girl at the age of nine. And everybody seems to have accepted it. Everybody happy. There you go. Gemma Collins was so ignorant and totally rude on the Jonathan Ross show. She sat with her back half turned on Harry Redknapp so she could suck up to Naomi Campbell. She thinks she's a star. I know, Naomi Campbell had nothing to do with it. Did you notice? There was, they, were, they weren't having any sort of uh, proper contact uh, at all. But there again, you know, I mean, she is rude. 
I mean, although she thinks that's called being a diva. But as we've pointed out to you in the past, being a diva is, uh, is, is basically not acting like that. You have to have some sort of talent to be a diva, no matter how little the talent is or how, how big the, uh, the talent is. But in her case, she can't dance on ice. She can't actually do anything. She thinks, oh, that's right, that's what it was. She wanted to be on the, on the panel for Jonathan Ross's, sorry, not Jonathan Ross's, Simon Cowell's programme uh, for trying to find some more celebrities. And somebody said, obviously her agent, they're trying to pump her out to her just about anywhere. Oh, she'd be really good because she's got an opinion. She doesn't know anything about anything. She doesn't know anything about that at all. So she was rude, turning her back on Harry Redknapp. There are two Gillinghams as well, one in Kent and another in Dorset. Pronounced differently, though, says Mark. Gillingham? One in... Oh, Gillingham. Oh, there we go. I wasn't, wasn't far off it. So Gillingham, Kent, Gillingham, but both spelt the same. Well, that's ridiculous. How stupid is that? It's Gillingham. If it's Gillingham for one or Gillingham for one, then it should be Gillingham for the other one. Look, tell you not people are like now. They're very, very precious. I heard somebody on the other. What was it doing? I, I wish I should have written the word down because it really it irked me at the time. They were doing um, an advert on the television for Dormeo mattresses, and this woman had a word that came up. She couldn't pronounce it at all. And it was completely wrong. And this was on a pre-recorded program. It was really awful. It was so dreadful. It it sort of leapt out. Uh, local radio, a great cure for insomnia, says Pablo. I'm quite sure it is. Quite sure it is. And I have memories of seeing a game of hurling. Could it have been at Twickenham? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think you'd be doing hurling at Twickenham, Yvonne. You know, well, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. They use it for concerts and, and rugby. But hurling, no. No, I don't. What is hurling? I'm trying to remember now. Is that the one on horses? But polo, it's an Irish thing, hurling. Oh, right, I seem to remember seeing it. I seem to remember seeing it. I seem to remember men in shorts and like sort of a, a bat with a net in it or something like that. And you throw it. You throw it. There you go. There you go. Yeah, they've all got those. Yes. It's a bit like hockey. But uh, so you scoop up the ball. So you've got to be fairly fit to be able to run around. The one with the net is lacrosse. Right. Oh, it's very complicated, isn't it? Do we need things like this? Probably not. But uh, it's been going for, for donkey's years, actually. Donkey's years. And um, so it's been played for 4,000 years. It's very complicated. But I don't think we do it at Twickenham. OK, just to put your mind at ease. I don't think we do it there at all. Uh, front page of the, of the uh, Daily Star. Jodie is killing it. I think there must be a model story, so we'll come around to that a bit later. Uh, and also Paddy McGuinness is battling to become a bigger television star than Holly Willoughby. The pals are in a race to see who can be on the box the most. Well, it's her, isn't it? It's her. You know, no likey, no lighty. I mean, that's it. And then he's going to be doing Celebrity Juice. Does he do anything else? I think he does something else as well. I think he might do a car programme. Also, a, a gay politician hit out at Trolls after they claimed his compliment to a female MP was sleazy. Tory's Nick Bowles says Labour's Jess Phillips would be a good Prime Minister, saying she was irresistible. Social media users, including Dawn Foster, slammed him. But uh, Mr Bowles, who is married to an Israeli man, says, No idea who Dawn is, but find it very funny. She thinks my admiration for Jess Phillips in some way sexual. Wonder how I'm going to explain that to my husband. Perhaps she doesn't know. Perhaps she doesn't know. Makes it more interesting, doesn't it, really? And uh, targeted is Gemma Collins uh, for uh, for Celebrity X Factor. TV chiefs are eager to sign her. What for? Well, because she can't do anything or she's just a bit simple. She may have flopped on the ice. She's flopped on everything. She flopped on Splash. 
She flopped on everything. Absolutely everything. Somebody says, an X-Factor source, we want big and exciting stars and the GC is popular. Who with? Who with? Simon has handled many divas over the years. Ah, there's no chance that she could do anything like that. Because she's appeared in I'm a Celebrity 2014, quit after three days, then she signed for Celebrity Big Brother and was the seventh person to be evicted. She's been a failure at everything. She's not done anything. She's not won anything. Failures in this country. We seem to love failures, don't we? God, blimey. Uh, Steve, because the girl who trans from being a boy is under the age of 15, do we say he's been brainwashed into thinking he's a girl? No, he wasn't. He wasn't. uh, No, nothing at all like that. No, no. It was he decided his mother used to do makeup for him and stuff like that. And then he just he just transed. And so now he lives as a girl 24 hours a day. Won't even answer to his uh, his male name. So, or in this instance, we accept that it's right to choose. And um, yes, it's well. Of course, you're, you're you're trying to link this, are you, to an ISIS bride? I don't know how you can link it to an ISIS bride. She's not transing, is she? I don't think she's transing. I think, as far as I know, you know, it's just just him. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says I get bouts of insomnia, so sending hugs. Vietnamese food says Simon is very healthy. Seafood, meat, and noodles. Right. And there is a Vietnamese restaurant near LBC called Viet Foods in Wardour Street. Oh, sounds quite nice, actually. I like the idea. I'm not... Meat and noodles I can do. Meat and noodles sounds fantastic. That's definitely the one for me. Three Claphams. One in South London, another a small village in Bedfordshire, and another in a small village in Yorkshire, says Mina. Although the one here is called Clam, isn't it? That's Clam. And then you've got the one in Yorkshire, which is probably called... I don't know. Something else. Peter in Kent says, Steve, Saturday morning... BBC presenter interviews BBC presenter on BBC. Congratulates BBC presenter on her appointment as a new BBC Drive Time presenter. BBC guest gushes. Love. BBC host asks fellow BBC employee about her new book. And whose idea was it to write said book? Answer, my agent. Good Lord above. Sounds all too exciting, doesn't it? It's a love fest. An absolute love fest. Peter, it is you. Well, if you look in the mirror, it looks like you, I should imagine. Uh, There's only one Crystal Palace. Well, of course there would be. How can there be two unless they actually had a Crystal Palace? There was only the one Crystal Palace. It was originally what? Hyde Park? Oh, right. They moved. Yeah, it was only one there, wasn't it? You can't call Hyde Park. You can't give Hyde Park another name. It's Hyde Park. I don't know why it's Hyde Park. Why is it Hyde Park? I don't know. We'll worry about that a little bit later on. Roy Chubby Brown has hailed Ricky Gervais, a comedy genius, for having the balls to be offensive. The X-rated stand-up, who's been banned from some UK theatres, praised Ricky after the trailer for a new TV show, Afterlife, sparked outrage. You see, the trouble is, I always, I think Ricky Gervais gets away with it because he laughs at the same time. And I think you then realise that it's not serious, you know. If ever you took things seriously, yeah. Ron says, Paddy McGuinness is the new co-host on Top Gear. But I think the show's lost its momentum. I've not seen it since. Only like the original boys. Only the original boys. Catherine Kelly from Coronation Street says there's never been a better time for soap stars to make it big. Because what? I thought the idea was if you're going to be an actor, you're going to be an actor. Uh, Women do more than two-thirds of the cooking at home. The pigeon fancier who's called in the flying squad, his prized flock, have been stolen. Uh, The BBC star writer who says viewers are tired of female victims. It is mainly female victims. Uh, Storm Gareth is back, bringing snow with him. And um, 25 years on, want to be in a girl band? Loads of people applied, 400, but only five made it. What did they become? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
morning, everybody. Monday morning. Yuck, 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 yuck. But we love it. We love it. The 11th of March. Nice to have you company. Apparently there's a Raynham in Essex and Kent, both spelt and said the same. And there's also a third Gillingham in Norfolk near Beckles, says David. Are you sure? Oh, yes, I forgot to say. Uh, there's a an army bloke. He's a former army captain. And uh, he made a TV documentary. And I think it's called 60 Days on the Street. And so he goes onto the street to see how much money he can make. How much money do you think he makes sitting on the street? He's trekked through the Amazon rainforest. He's done loads of, of things like that. He's survived on uninhabited island. And he's lived amongst the homeless in London, Manchester and Glasgow. He reckons... That's what, that's what he actually got. That's what he actually got. 40 quid an hour he could make on the streets. 40 quid an hour. One homeless man he accompanied in Manchester made 20 quid in half an hour, asking for money for a night in a hostel, but used it to fund his crack cocaine addiction. Uh, and he said there's more food than you can possibly eat. He reckons a day on the street, 200 quid. That's what people get. 200 quid. Average. average. Not everybody. But he's saying on average. Plus... The, the food that comes in as well. He said far more food than you can ever eat at all. Uh, he put on £11 for all the free food that people gave him. Sometimes, I mean, I see people giving to, uh, to people sitting on the street. It's very difficult to sort out who is genuine and who isn't. But in this particular case, he was making... So the uh, by immersing, they've said uh, at Channel 4, Ed, into this world, this series will provide a raw and at times deeply shocking portrait of this marginalised community. What's the point of working? You just sit there with a £200 a day and loads of food. I mean, that's, you know, that's we should send Scottish boy out on the street, just have him sitting there, just to see how much money he could actually get. Which obviously looks a bit too well-fed at the moment, so it's probably not the best, is it? Although this bloke looks looks fairly well-fed, but still people want to give him food, because people obviously believe. I mean, I wonder if he was honest with people and said, actually, I'm making a TV documentary. Always a fiver. You know, money will go to the homeless eventually, but uh, that's a lot, isn't it? Hyde Park was created by Henry VIII for hunting, and it was in the manor of Hyde. Yes. Hyde. Oh, well, there you go. There are two Farnboroughs, one in Kent, the other in Hampshire. Also two, two Lees, one in Manchester, one in Kent, but pronounced Lie. Pronounced Lie, but it's spelt Lee. Oh, really? How funny. There are about 60 areas of Sutton up and down the country. Sutton is also Old English for South Town, says Jason, the London bailiff. God, we haven't had a bailiff on the programme for ages. We've had a few, actually, but we've, we've lost them. When I say lost them, they've passed on. Bailiffs, because it, it's a good time of the morning, isn't it? If you're going to go and get somebody's car or something like that, or, or go and knock somebody up, not knock, knock, knock somebody up, but sort of get, get money somebody, this is the time to do it when they're fast asleep. You go and wake them up. In fact, one of the bailiffs we used to talk to ages ago said um, he would go there. So by six o'clock, he's got the car lifted. You know, they, they, they've gone there and then they go to the house because there's no point in going to the house because people have run out before, got in the car and driven off. So you lift the car to start with, provided you're able to lift it. It's a bit like the can't pay. We're going to take it away, which is I find a fascinating programme. Absolutely. fact, the amount of people who seem to I mean, put it away, if you own property, you'd never rent it ever again. Because you, you, you've got people that move in there. And, and then, then they don't bother paying anything. So somebody goes around and they start kicking off. And you think, but wait a minute, this is somebody's house that they're renting to you, but you're not, you're not sort of paying anything for it. Which is a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Mm. Mm. 
Another one here says, what would your alternative uh, name have been? I was going to go for Jim, actually. I thought Jim's quite a, quite a sort of camp name, isn't it, really? Ooh, what's your name? It's Jim. You know, if I wasn't going to be called Steve, I would have... I don't know, actually. Probably, I don't know. My, my cousin changed his name to Barry. And I was never sure, you know, I think I'd like to be... I can't... Julian. His name was Julian before. He didn't like the name Julian. And so he changed it to, uh, to Barry. I don't know what you'd change your name. If you could change your name to something, what would you change your name to? I'm trying to think of... Gareth, I quite like. Not sure. Good morning, everybody. It's Gareth here. No, it doesn't sound right. Idris. Idris. <laughs> That's quite a good idea. Idris. Is it? Storm Idris. Well, at the moment, we've got Gareth on the way in. So uh, I quite like the idea of an alternative name. It's like, didn't they tell you there was a formula for changing your name to a girl's name? And I can't remember what it was. You had to sort of take away some letters and add something. So if, if your real name is... There was, I can't remember how it worked. I remember thinking about it the other day, thinking, that's an odd one, isn't it? So, you know, your your real name is this, but your female name would be something else. So, how does that one work? They're desperately trying to find it now. It's, oh, ooh, the place is alive. Place, so, what colour is your hair? Uh, mousy brown. <laughs> what colour are my eyes? Grey-green. I remember that from the passport. My favourite animals, pussy cats and dogs. <laughs> do I like home- do I like homework? No, no, I never liked homework. Never like I never did homework. Well, I did do it, but I didn't like doing it. It was rubbish. Attitude. I saw- oh right, sh- yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd go out and date Sharon Osbourne. Yeah, I think she'd be quite good fun. Actually, she'd be a bit feisty. I think me and her would get on on great. I think so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so she'd be very thrilled. Go, do you like? No, I don't. I don't. Well, not not football teams from the northwest. Just football teams. Full stop. I'm not. My favourite soap. I like Kame. Oh, soap opera. Uh, my favourite soap opera. Emmerdale. Emmerdale. Oh, it's very complicated. It's just to find my girl's name. What type of films do I like? Christmas films. Nothing that comes back on that. You can just tell. Got yeah. <laughs> Drama or romance? Romance. Definitely. My favourite colour would be... My favourite colour would be... Oh, I don't know. Blue. <laughs> Blue. Very dull. Very dull, isn't it? What's this quid... No, it really... Bo- what, what does it come up with? Does it come up with an answer at the end? Is there an answer for sort of what would my girl's name be? Sarah or Kayla? Yeah. You've got Lola or Jessica... Yeah, not surprised at that one at all. Lola or Jessica? Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. The Kayla Allen Show. Hello! Hello! Welcome to Kayla. Lola's here as well. Hi, Lola! Can you imagine what it could be like? I'm still I'm still smarting on £200 a day just for sitting on the pavement. And that's it. He was shocked by the amount of fast food and sandwiches he was given by well-wishers. Because they don't know. They didn't know he was making a TV documentary. I wonder whether he actually told them afterwards. What if you told them? I don't, you don't need to give me money. I'm doing it for a television thing. Tattoo Apprentice, Kaylee, K-A-Y-L-E-I-G-H, the chav spelling. Uh, Peach, that's her surname, I believe, Kaylee Peach, has had the word cursed emblazoned on her face to make sure she would stick at the job. And uh, the former barista, for that read, the former person who made a cup of coffee for somebody, uh, works as a junior 
in uh, in a parlour in Birmingham. She said, I got it done on the first day three years ago, so I would persevere in the industry. I'd worked in the hospitality industry. She'd made a cup of coffee and swore that I would never go back. And I suppose with all the tattoos, I won't be able to. God, fancy able to ruining yourself like that. She's tattooed her face. She's tattooed or somebody's tattooed her face. What for? Are you mad? Oh, dear, honestly. I love the way that they all think they know what they're doing, don't they? At a young age, you think, do you know, in a few years' time, not good. Steve can be a female name, as can Leslie. Really? Stevie Nicks? Oh, right, oh, I see what you mean. Oh, right. Thomas, would that be a... No, all you get is a tank engine, isn't it? You don't really get anything else apart from a tank engine. Although, actually, I don't mind a tank engine. That's okay. And Chris, short for Christopher. Uh... Make up your mind. I thought your eyeballs were green-grey. No, it's always grey-green. Never never backwards. <laughs> uh, I'd change my name to Pedro Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, whoever he is. <laughs> uh, so, did you know when the storm gets to the letter K, it'll be Storm Kevin, says Kevin. It'll be a nice storm. It'd be nice if it was one of those storms that never actually sort of took off. I'd be quite pleased about that. Quite pleased about that. <laughs> Honestly, you are mad. Completely mad. Uh, so, oh, Sir Cliff Richard in all the papers today because he backs those accused of sex crimes staying anonymous until they're actually charged. And uh, as I say, he's uh, he's had to live with that. That's a big, a big live. That's a big live. But uh, he always gets our, our back. Definitely. Mick in Devon says, talking to place names, my boss once told me I had to go to a meeting in in Kirby. Yeah, it's a silent K, isn't it? You, you think it's Kirkby, but it's Kirby. Where'd you come from? I come from Kirby. I'll do the talk like that. Uh, pronouncing both Ks, I quickly pointed out that Kirby had a silent K, to which he replied, what, Irkby? <laughs> it's quite good, isn't it, really? Well, it's quite sweet. Honestly, there's not many laughs, are there, at the moment. You've got to grab them while they're there. I see you as a Wayne. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Don't, definitely do not come from Chavy Chav Chav families. Definitely not. And, uh, Steve, I was christened James, but most people called me Jimmy, as I hated James. When anybody used to phone and ask for Jimmy, my mum used to say, there's no Jimmy lives here, and then put the phone down. I don't know why it would be Scottish. I just assume there's a lot of, yeah, it could be one of your relatives, you know. Your mother's written in before to the programme. At least she knows where you are. I mean, that that's a blessing, isn't it? You know, you don't want to sort of try, try and pretend your mother. I'm so, what are all these dogs doing on the television? What are they doing there? Was this yesterday something to do with Brexit? They're around to, what, what's a dog got to do with it? They want a wooferendum? What's that? A wooferendum? I'm in the wrong world, honestly. I'm definitely in the wrong world. I wonder why all those dogs were there. I think I asked somebody the other day. What are the dogs doing there? Oh, look, who's that? Is that Charmy Chakrabarty? I don't like her at all. I never liked her. Self-appointed and, uh, and not very good. Not very good. That's Keir Starmer. He's got rosy cheeks, hasn't he? Rosy cheeks. There's a line of a song, isn't it, really? Yes, the makeup's not gone very well at all, are they? Whoever's the makeup artist, you need. Perhaps it's the lighting, isn't it? It could be the lighting. It's terrible makeup. I could do better than that. Perhaps he asked for the Father Christmas look or something. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Will, Will Guyatt says there's only one Swindon. Thank God. <laughs> yes. I went to Swindon one day. It was closed. Uh, Steve, Cliff Richard, calling for those accused sex crimes, staying anonymous till they're charged. Apparently Michael Jackson is guilty, despite never having been charged. I know. That's trial by media. If Michael Jackson had been alive, they'd have been suing big time. Big time. 
Big Steve, Clacton on Sea, says out training on the lifeboat yesterday. Very rough. Oh, you wouldn't get me. Uh, seriously, I mean, we, I, you wouldn't get me on a lifeboat at all. Even even going down the the slope when they launch these things. I remember years ago, Blue Peter had a had um. What was that on? Was that? Oh, did I? Oh, did, what did I? Which one was it? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, did I? Oh, good lord. How peculiar. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so, so Cliff Richard has called for the accused sex crime, staying anonymous till they're charged, but Michael Jackson was found guilty despite never having been charged. That was the interesting thing, isn't it? Everybody's going, oh, he definitely must be guilty. You think, but wait a minute, he wasn't charged with anything. You've now got people coming forward, but as Michael Jackson is not here anymore, he can't, he can't defend himself. You know, so we will never know. And I said the other day, if, unless you were there, unless you were there, you wouldn't... Uh, you wouldn't know anything. And we don't. We just guess it, don't we? Somebody sits on a on a screen or, you know, in front of a camera and says, oh, this happened and that happened. We just take their word for it, which is which is interesting. Uh, Jim says, I see you as a Georgina. Yeah, I see you going down the wrong road for me. Going down the wrong road. He said, I get the last word on it as I started it. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think so you do. I don't think you do. Because Jim is short for Jimmy, isn't it, really? Both my grandfathers, says Holly, were named John and registered their sons as John also. To differentiate, the sons were called Ian, which is Gaelic for John. My mother was named Mary after an aunt who she grew to dislike fervently, and she changed her name to Moira at a very young age. Don't forget that the gentrification of South London has given us St. Ockwell and St. Retham as well. <laughs> I'd forgotten about St. Ockwell as well. And uh, Steve, I I had to persevere as you're a very popular young man. And This is Heather, the Norwich nurse. Uh, now, do you realise how much we, your spikers, love and respect you? So thank you and congratulations on that fabulous achievement and well-deserved award. Uh, you've no idea how much you mean to so many. I know. Well, I do actually after that. I do on the Thursday. I do, seriously. It's a lot of love love in the room. I don't, I don't get a lot of love. We don't do that sort of programme. We're not sort of, you know, let's all have a group hug before the show. Mainly because two of them could probably kill me, I should imagine, outright. I could be crushed to death. <laughs> I'm surprised that word came out, actually. Really? In what context was it? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, what did I say? Really? <laughs> How bizarre. It's not like my sort of language at all, is it? Yeah. Are you sure it was? All oh, right. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, because when you go down the the slope on the lifeboat thing, when you hit the waves at the bottom, the the water that it displaces is phenomenal. And I remember Blue Peter; they had a lifeboat uh, thing, inflatable lifeboats, and all the Blue Peter uh, viewers sent in whatever it was buttons or something like that i can't believe i said that uh they actually sort of sent in enough buttons or silver foil or whatever it was to get loads of these lifeboats and i think they're still being used today because they're there to save people's lives who decide that they've either fallen in or they want to go swimming you know you get it a lot in blackpool where you know they stagger onto the beach in pitch darkness and they go let's go for a swim and everybody's going i think not but people do unfortunately 21 minutes past five so, uh, women do more than two-thirds of the cooking at home. Probably true, unless you're a gay guy, in which they probably don't. Otherwise you'd have people turning up, wouldn't you, just sort of to do your uh, your sort of cooking. And the pigeon fancier, you know there's big money in pigeons. 
big, big money in pigeons. He's called in the flying squad because his prize flock had been stolen. All of them. £150,000 worth. I nearly bought a house once in Stanmore. And it looked all right from the outside. It was OK. It was sort of near, near Staines. It was near the airport, but that, that's never bothered me, actually. And then we looked into the back garden, and the entire back garden was a pigeon loft. The entire back garden. What, and he said, uh, I looked out the window, and he obviously could see the disappointment on my face. And he said, oh, the pigeon loft will be going. I went, of course it will be. Don't be so ridiculous. Why would I want a pigeon loft? And uh, he had pigeons there. And people who do it, it's, it's big business. Big business. You've got racing pigeons. You take them all out. They get taken out on a truck. And then somebody opens the doors, and they all fly out. And some of them fly back, and some of them don't fly back. Lee says, when I was younger, I told all my friends I was called Steve. As in the 70s, it was a cool name because of Steve Austin, Steve McGarrett and Steve McQueen. Mum couldn't understand why for months all the kids would knock at the door and ask for Steve. I never thought about it, and I never thought about, you know, different, different names. I just thought Stephen, you know, Chris and Stephen, so I'm Steve. And it's been like that for years. If I had a change, perhaps I could use my middle name, which is uh, William, Bill. I think because that's a family name. Well, I mean, it's obviously loads of people's names. But uh, I think we've, we've all got it. My dad had it. My brother's got it as a middle name. Because some people don't have middle name. You got a middle name? What's just yours? Two middle names. Well, that's just greedy. What is it? What's the name? Frederick John. Must be... That's... That, I was going to say, that sounds like grand, granddad's names. Is it funny? Do you call him grandfathers, granddads, grandpapa? Oh, right. See, I, I met... How many did I meet? I think I only met one as well, I'm pretty certain. I think the other one had already died when we sort of came along. I just remember meeting one of them. He came to our home in Brentwood and he was wearing a demob suit, which had enormously wide trousers. I mean, like enormously wide trousers. And he had an asthma inhaler, which was like a thing that fitted over his nose and he squeezed the bulb. Like, I mean, it looked like he was near death anyway. But the trouble is, because we were kids, they just go, oh... What do we call him? Grandad. Yeah, Grandad's here. And you go, oh, hi. And, uh, you know, and that was, but you don't know them. You don't know these people. So how many middle names you got? You got two, two as well. Good Lord. Are they grandfather's names? No. What are they? Are they? What's the first? James and Levin. Well, Levin must be an Armenian name, isn't it? I guess that one right. That's an interesting name. Levin, isn't it? What does it mean? Does it mean anything? Does it have a... Well, I'm never sure if names are supposed to mean. I, know, I remember when my mother got pregnant, apparently, pe- people go through books, don't they, of what your name means. And I think Stephen means king. Why? I've got no idea. But uh, Levin, for for Scottish boy, means lion, does it? Shh, lion. I'm not sure about that. What does Levin mean? Does Levin mean... Oh, it means lion. Oh, right. <laughs> Bit out on that one, aren't they? Bit out on that one. Lion. What was the first one? James. James. Oh, right. So that's it. I think James is quite nice. We've had a few few kings called James. And uh, did people shorten your name at school? Did they just call you Tom or something like that? Or a university? I'm surrounded by clever people. Seriously. <laughs> Not. <laughs> so what, what do they call you at university? Or you? Oh, right, Tom. I never know what to call him. I know what he calls me, which is Sir. And, uh, and that always works. <laughs> and I was, there was a boy in my class, says Shane, called Beverly. His other name was Tony, which he went under. How would a mother call her boy that? Well, we had Johnny Cash had a record out, a boy named Sue. And also we had, who was that wrestler we had? Shirley Crabtree. 
Shirley Crabtree was a, a you know you can imagine being called Shirley. You can imagine that for a boy. Not surprising. Became a wrestler. Became a very well known wrestler actually. But uh, there might be people listening who are called Shirley. But it's it's those middle names, isn't it? Some people don't have them. Some people do have middle names, and I think that's always quite a nice thing to have a middle name. You never use it, but then, but then you might. I think the only time I ever heard it done, because in the royal family, you know, Charles, Philip, Arthur, George, Moira, whatever, and so it goes on. They have like sort of six or seven different uh, different names. Because <laughs> didn't Diana get it wrong? You know, Charles, Philip, George. Oh, it doesn't matter, dear. doesn't matter. We'll live with it. I've got three middle names, says Chantelle, and I'm a twin who has the same. My mum didn't know she was having twins. They were just names she liked. There you go. My son Joseph's middle name is William. I'll tell him when he's a bit older. He got it from Steve Allen. Wonder how that'll go down, says Carl. It'll go down very well. Very well. Uh, Wayne the Trolley Dolly says, I like the name Bill Allen. It sounds like a jazz club in Soho. Bill Allen's. Yeah, it's, uh, there is a, a restaurant called Bill's, isn't there? Sort of. It's one of those places where they serve you breakfast on a piece of uh, piece of board, which isn't quite as exciting. I prefer plates, no matter how old I get. But uh, nice to hear from you, Wayne. I hope you're well. My great-grandfather was christened Thomas, but was breastfed until he was eight. It was called Tuddy until he died. I don't know. I never knew if I was breastfed. I don't think it's the kind of thing that you sort of ask your parents. Well, in fact, I didn't know what it was. Had no idea. So I can't tell you if, you know, as a child, because that might that might sort of work out, you know, how you are. But I don't know if I was... Were you breastfed? Do you know? You know, you... Uh, you don't know? Yes. You, oh, you do know and you... Um, how do you... How, oh, sorry. How do you know? How do you... Did you ask? She told you. She's very forward, your mother. Very forward. I can't imagine my mother saying, Oh, by the way, Stephen, breastfeeding today at four... You know, I mean, it's, it's you know, I mean, it's not, it's not the kind of thing I think we'd ever have done in our house. We were very prudish, very prudish. I remember walking into the bathroom once and my dad was in the bath and I got out the bath as quick as possible. Terrible. Uh, Will Guyatt says, I get called Guy all the time. He said, people see the start of my surname and assume it's my name. All oh, right. So Will, Will Guyatt, Guy. Guy, yes, yes. You need to change your friends. <laughs> It's amazing what you learn, but I bet you don't know anything about your parents. I bet you know nothing about your parents, apart from being breastfed at an early age. But I bet you don't know anything about where where your mother met your father, or how many people she... Oh, you do. I knew it'd be you, wouldn't it? Out of everybody in the building. It'll be you that knows everything. So your your parents have already sat down with you and given you the, the talk about, this is where I met your mother, and this is where we met... Really? Dull story. Where Where, where did they meet? Can you remember? In a bar? Dear... University Union Bar. And was, and was it your mother's first boyfriend or second boyfriend or your father's first girlfriend or second girlfriend? Because people didn't tend to go out with the people like they do nowadays. You know, up until the age of 28, people are still, you know, still trying to find boyfriends. Look at that poor old Kerry Coke toner and that dreadful Chelsea Healy still trying to find people to go out with. I keep saying, look in the mirror. That's why nobody's interested. So it's interesting. So you don't know how many people. I've got a letter from my dad telling me everything about the early life. But I've never read it because my dad's writing. It was small. And it was all, he was left-handed. Very odd. He, he wrote from right to left. Don't ask me how it worked out, because I've seen people who do mirror writing. John Wayne's real name was Marion. Yes, we know. I know. It's an odd one, isn't it? Marion. And then, of course, as Nicola points out, Hilary Benn. Hilary Benn. That's a girl's name, Hilary, isn't it? It could never in a million years be a boy's name. But obviously they thought so. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to six. The lovely Carol at Eurostar uh, sent uh, me a message, which uh, John, my friend John Warrington, has passed on to me, saying the award couldn't have gone to a more deserving person apart from Scottish boy. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of a backhanded compliment, isn't it, really? So the message that the award that I got from Carol at Eurostar couldn't have gone to a more deserving person apart from Scottish boy. I mean, seriously, that's not start. I mean, he'll be he's I mean, he's already started investigating about agents and things like that and whether or not he can go on the uh, on the after dinner speaking circuit for, for people who've just had their dinner and want something novel. I mean, so it's getting out of hand, absolutely out of hand. It's ridiculous. We're going to have to curtail it very shortly. Uh, Holly says there are probably plenty of unisex names. Robin is one cute enough for a baby boy, but I think it's too girly for a grown up man. Do you think so? Robin? I know quite a few Robins, actually. You know, I didn't think I was a girl. You think that's a girly name? No, we, we don't think so. Well, oh, you're undecided. Oh, that's all we need. God. Uh, Steve, you're undecided as well. Yeah, but you were always undecided. Yeah, it's, a, it's not a girly name, is it? Is it? You think it's a girly name? Robin? No, this is R-O-B-I-N, as in Robin Redbreast. Oh, there you go. Uh, my, my daughter is uh, Nicola Louise and has always been called Louise. It flows better with our surname. That way it was easier if ever she wanted to be called Nicola, though she never has and always signs N. Louise, says Mo. <laughs> it's strange the amount of people who sort of change. Uh, Kirsty says, I've been called Geoffrey multiple times at work via email as they read my surname first. <laughs> what about Mick Allen, says Chris? You sound like a painter and decorator. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I quite like the idea. Kevin says my three daughters have four middle names because all the names I wanted to call them, I put them together, gave them a first name, and the rest have middle names. It's quite complicated, doesn't it? But it's the royal family who seem to have loads. Oh, Prince Edward's got a new job. They've just given him a title. He's sort of Edward of Forfar, Forfar Earl of Forfar, or something. And I thought to myself, only when he's in Scotland. So as long as he stays away from Scotland, you should be fairly safe. I didn't even know he was still... What does he do now? Does anybody know what Prince Edward does? Did you see what Sarah Ferguson tweeted the other day about her gorgeous girls? So empowering, so wonderful, so bone idle. You know, apparently they work, but we're not too sure what they work as. They're always willing to sort of come back. Sarah Ferguson was pictured treading over a rubbish dump in another country as part of her charity. And you think, they don't know who you are. They don't know. Seriously. It's a lot of people do that, don't they? They go, what shall I do? I'll do that. I'll go and trek over a uh, trek over a rubbish dump. Molly King, remember Molly King? They 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 keep dragging up the fact she used to be in a in a girly band years ago and sold whatever it was. But uh, she's now hoping to change career. This time she's written a children's book because uh, that's obviously the way forward. They all sort of come up with children's books. I'm going to write a children's book about about a phone that comes to life at night time and does wonderful things. Actually, I'd better patent that before we go any further, otherwise somebody would be nicking it. Uh, Duncan Norville is a friend of my sister, says Michelle. See, you never know who's listening to this programme. And uh, he had a stroke a number of years ago, walks with a stick, does a lot for charity, perhaps an in-conversation. Well, he's a listener. He's, he's written to us before. But uh, well done on the award, she says. I was in tears, like many others. I know, I couldn't. It was one of those days, wasn't it? You know when you, you get something and... And uh, it's on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. And uh, it was a bit of an emotional time. I nearly went once during the uh, the little acceptance speech. Uh, Steve, stuck on the M4, 
just after the A4, thanks to my car that has no spare wheel. Instead, it's got a useless repair kit. Did you know that? Do you know if you buy a new car nowadays, more than 85% of them do not have a spare tyre? You have to buy one yourself. I don't know why they don't give you a spare tyre. I've never heard of it before. Ridiculous. I've got a spare tyre. Hulk Hogan's real name was Terry Jean Bolette, or Jean Bolette, but I wouldn't say anything to him about it. <laughs> why not? Jim says, King James, the first, a.k.a. Dismal Jimmy, gave us the King James Bible, uh, the name Great Britannia, Great Britain, and the Union Jack, so named for the Union of Scotland and England, and the Latin for James, Jacobus. Jack. I didn't understand any of that. Not one word, but it made sense to the producer. But then he, he, he's got a diploma from a, a posh place, so he would understand that. It wasn't very interesting. Last week you were being interviewed by a young lady wearing a mauve dress. Was that Charlie Girling? Says that It was. It was my Charlie. Yes, my Charlie. <laughs> she was in tears. I was in tears. We just don't do very well at things like that. Driving back from Bristol, thought of you yesterday, a lady was pootling along the M40, doing 60 in the middle lane with no traffic anywhere near her. Normally I'd get a bit irate, but instead I smiled to myself, passed her and got on with the journey. You must be a very good influence, says Perdita. I am. I always think you should be very calming on the roads. I'm a very calm driver. You know, it doesn't, somebody pulls out sharply in front of me. I couldn't care less. Once it doesn't hit the car, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. But it got so dirty yesterday because we had rain, then we had torrential rain, then we had the wind, then we had the mud, and all up the side of the car. Everybody else's car looked the same. Mud, 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 glorious mud. It's dreadful. It's not very nice, is it, really? Uh, so, so, so. Oh, there's also no way back to Britain for two other UK-born jihadi mums. As far as I'm concerned, you want to go and join ISIS or flip around with, you know, these terror groups who kill people and murder people and don't have a thing, a thought about it. You blooming well stay there. I'm not remotely interested in the begging woman. I'm really not. She was a devious little madam at 15. But, you know, far from being described by David Lammy as she was being groomed, she's an A-grade student. She knew exactly what she was doing. She must have done. She thieved her sister's passport. But, uh, as I say, the way he described it made it sound like she'd been over there for six months and wanted to come back to have her children here. No, no, four years she was over there. Four years. You'll never get the truth. Never get the truth, I promise you. And uh, what else do we have? Oh, the pigeon. We did the pigeon fans, yeah? 2,000 second-chance sex offenders have struck again. So, in other words, you send somebody to prison for sex offences, and, uh, and then they go, oh, I'm much better now. And they, they send them out, and they offend. They re-offend. 70-mile-an-hour havoc again on the way. Gareth is bringing snow with him as well. I went past a field the other day, and it was covered in snow. I thought they were filming. I looked at it, and I went, there's a field full of snow. There's no snow anywhere around it, apart from this field. I was, I was coming back from, uh, from Southampton. Way and I'm looking and I thought that's snow. How is that possible? How how possible is it? Gabby Roslin says breakfast television is too staid and too safe, unlike breakfast radio, which is uh, far better. And you don't have to look at people, which is actually better, isn't it? You don't want to look at somebody all the time. Uh, Gemma Collins didn't dance, didn't skate, didn't actually do anything or contribute to the program. A bit of a disappointment. Paul in Manchesterford. Says one of my friends at school, Ray, was from a large Irish family. Used to be quite normal for the eldest son's middle name to be Mary after the mother of Jesus. Well, you've told me something new. I didn't know that. As he was one of the best sportsmen in the school and quite handy with his fist. Anybody who teased him only did it the once. We didn't have anybody like that at school. We didn't have anybody who was sort of, you know, aggressive or. We were just, you know, we were just kids at school. That was probably different, I think. Steve, a friend reversed his initials to save embarrassment. Known as Vaughan, he's now David Vaughan. That's lovely. Thank you. Stop it. 
Don't highlight it. <sighs> Makes it worse, doesn't it? Uh, Martin and Gary Kemp could be making their own Bross-style fly-on-the-wall documentary. Ooh, that'd be interesting, won't it? Remember what they've got coming. Oh, I'll have another cup of tea. I think I'll have a cup of tea. That'd be nice. Seeing as you're wearing your... Per- you look like that advert on the television, don't you, for Ribena, where they sort of, they've got these purple things, whatever they are, that go into Ribena. Why is he feeling sorry for himself? Oh, he's not... Oh, I'm not doing the I'm not well bit. Should have been me at the Globals. I wasn't well either. I've got a cup. I've got a cup. Is he, is he, is he, is he moaning about it? Oh, right, you're right. Oh, pop it. No, oh, there you go. Oh, you look well. Look okay. What? What are you doing? Leave it alone. It's not your studio. It's not your studio. Do you have a nice weekend? No. Sicky poos. Oh, shame. Couldn't have happened to a nicer person. I, it could have done, you're right, actually, but it didn't. God chose you. And uh, and that's why... So, no, he's had... he's had. What's he had? He's had food poisoning or something. Yeah. Oh, did you get too many... <laughs> right, so I don't want to know. I don't want to know details or anything at all like that. People, Other people... I can talk about my illnesses till the cows come home, but I'm not really interested. It's like, you know, you, you go into somewhere and they go, oh... I bought a load of stuff the other day, Marks and Spencer. There's a bloke with a beard in there, quite the oldest person in there, I think. And uh, and he said, would you like a bag? I said, you're not seriously suggesting I put this in my pockets, are you? He said, some people do. I know, I said, they're called shoplifters. And the other girl standing next to him said, do they do shoplifting? I said, of course they do shoplifting. I've seen children doing shoplifting. Heavens above, when we Woolworths, the local school was fairly prevalent. Shoplifting in there. They pick something up, walk to the back of the store, put it in the bag and walk out again. Oh, God, shoplifting now. It's amazing. Uh, also, the Bolognese mayor. I wanted to do this story because I am partial to spaghetti bolognese, but I don't want to eat it if ever I'm out because there is the danger you're going to drop or splatter some on you. So it's one of those things that you cannot eat in a restaurant. I'm sure it's lovely. For certain people, you need a bib. The, the other thing, you can't eat are spare ribs. They're very messy as well. And be very careful with chicken Kiev. When you cut it, you don't want the uh, the clarified butter to sort of go all over you. But you would have thought that Bologna would have been delighted to have given its name to spaghetti bolognese, one of the world's most famous dishes. But the city's mayor has begun a crusade against the, the meal, calling it fake news, because foreigners incorrectly believe it's a staple of Italian cuisine. Well, I thought it was. I never thought... Well, I never thought it wasn't. Spag bol is actually thought to have been concocted by early emigrants to Britain or the US. Bologna's mayor, Virginio Merola, says what we prefer the world to know is that Bologna invented tagliatelle, tortellini and lasagna. Spaghetti bolognese doesn't actually exist, yet it's famous the world over. But that's like you you go to Italy and you go, oh, pizza, what's that a pizza? Italian pizza. Uh, ham and pineapple? Sorry? Ham and, ham and pineapple. I've got no idea what you're talking about. No idea. Seriously, it's like going to China. Uh, we'll have um, sweet and sour chicken. Sorry? Sweet and sour chicken. OK. And you have uh, prawn balls? Sorry? Prawn balls. Do you have banana for, for pudding with ice cream? What? They don't have, you know... So what's the other one that they have? Special fried rice. You've got special fried rice. What? Of course they don't. But you try getting a pizza, a Hawaiian pizza in Italy, they'll look at you like you are completely mad. They don't do that. They do all sorts of, you know, different things. If you've had a proper Italian pizza, they're delicious. You know, the rubbish that we get served up is sort of, it's something for our palate, isn't it, really? Uh, Was that our very lovely Magnum 
P.I. Perdita, driving from Bristol, says Holly. Yes, it is. I'm recording the show to watch as a box set. Looking forward to catching her then. Get all the celebrities. If, they, if they're pootling up the motorway, they generally tell us. Stuart Manning tells us when he's, he's heading up the motorway to go and do things. Jamie Oliver will sort of send us a text from wherever he is around the world. Phil Vickery will be sort of throwing something together. In the, not throwing something together, quite clearly. But, uh, yeah, we get all sorts of people. Carl says, I figured out how the skaters skate around Gemma Collins so well. She's so large, she's got her own gravitational pull. Oh, that seems as bad as calling her a fridge. But he didn't call her a fridge. She kept referring... I mean, because she's a bit simple, she didn't understand. When he said the JC, that's like that fridge, which has just got two initials on it. LG. He didn't meant she was as fat and as useless as a refrigerator. Far from it. However, <laughs> having seen that pathetic attempt at dancing, what a waste of space. What a way... Oh, yeah, I'm going to put my heart and soul into it. Unfortunately, you don't put any effort into anything, do you, really? You're just a bit bone-idle. Uh, also in the paper this morning, what have the Express got for us? What have the Express got for us today? They've got uh, Baby Spice. How Strictly helped her to get pregnant. She's definitely not getting married. She told me... She told me on the night... I think, are you getting married? She went, no. No, she said, I'm not. It was so pretty. Very pretty. Uh, also, Katia Jones has addressed her illicit kiss with uh, Sean Walsh, saying her first thought over the controversy was for her husband. What, threesome? Good Lord. We don't want things like that going on. I mean, to be honest with you, she's 29, her husband is 36. Who gives a stuff? Oh, so you want to kiss somebody else? That's your problem, isn't it? Don't come back. Nobody's interested. Ridiculous. Kevin says, in the 40 years you've been on LBC, how many LBC souvenirs have you collected? Oh, God, I used to have a collection of of um, T-shirts. Sweat. Every time you went out to do something, they gave you another sweatshirt. And uh, I'm hoping to get a, a, a global fleece. I don't know who I have to see to get one, but I'm determined to try and get one. I, have a, I see them on, on the charity side. I thought, that's like a pinch one. And I thought, no, we've got CCTV cameras everywhere. But uh, we never had um, scarves, but we did have mugs. I had my own mugs and my own photographs. Dawn is the one who's collected the complete set of Steve Allen pictures. Uh, we had little bugs with LBC as a tail on it. But, um, and what else do we have? An umbrella. But I haven't kept all this stuff. I think there might be in my wardrobe, one of the wardrobes, one of the many, uh, an LBC sweatshirt. Because the, the logo, the logo, ch- oh, so you better now. Oh, I'm so sorry, honestly. I'm really sorry that you're not very well. Like some fruit or something. That won't help, will it? No. Thank you. That's okay, seriously. Gotta feel all guilty now. Don't feel at all guilty. Don't feel at all. Why would I feel guilty? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Do you know the other day they got snow in South Yorkshire? I mean, it looks lovely, but if you live in South Yorkshire, it must be a nightmare for you. And a man has died as well, uh, and hundreds of homes were left without power as this 70-mile-an-hour gale hit Britain. It's phenomenal, isn't it, really? Imagine flying in that. The climber had been rescued after spending a night in freezing conditions, but uh, he later died. He and another climber, 49, had been part of a larger group from Nottinghamshire. Uh, And so they've got uh, pictures of uh, stuff that sort of dangled from buildings and a willow tree which fell on a... in West London, because it was particularly particularly uh, bad around our way, I thought. Also, the number of people out shopping hit a five-year low last month. Uh, Footfall among shoppers fell by 2% year-on-year in February. Biggest fall for the month since 2014. Because the trouble is, if it's it's not nice weather, nobody wants to go out, do they? You don't want to go out shopping. You go, oh, I'm looking outside. It's raining. Shall I go out and do some shopping? No, I'll leave it till tomorrow. 
Chris says, uh, I asked for a pepperoni pizza when I visited Rimini and I was served a pizza with sliced pepper. Exactly. I mean, they just don't do the sort of pizzas that you're used to here. That's why, as I say, the, the Chinese don't, don't recognise anything. You get in the, you know, the special fried rice and all this kind of... They don't do things like that. It's mainly boiled rice. You know, and then we go over here, oh, I'll, I think I'll have some egg fried rice. And you go, lovely. Tom says, if reality TV people like Katie Price and the fridge, sorry, the GC, had to take an IQ test, I wonder how many of them would make it. Plus, why do TV bosses keep pandering to the lowest common denominator? I don't know. I've got... I mean, I, I, I wish I had the answer. But I don't. I don't have any answers for things like that at all. I've got no idea why they would want to use Gemma Collins, a totally useless person. Totally useless. Hardly a role model. You know, behaving badly, swearing. You know, disgusting language. Absolutely disgusting language. But then, you know, perhaps some people like that. Gary thinks the GC stands for gas cooker. So it's not half as funny as a fridge, is it? A fridge sounds funnier, but he wasn't talking about a fridge. He was talking about... it's the She talks about, you know, the GC... She always said, the GC, and it's a, it's a case of, perhaps she's a little child, perhaps there's something the matter with her. Perhaps she was dropped on a red as a child, I don't know. There's uh, one, one uh, driver here, he miraculously escaped from his car as it went a thousand foot down a cliff. He managed to get out, emergency services rushed to the scene, uh, after reports that a car had left the A39 in North Devon, which is the UK's steepest, A road. Uh, it's thought the driver leapt out of the car as it plunged down the cliff. He was unharmed and managed to climb the ravine to get help. Good God. And then you see it all mangled. I mean, it's a complete mess. Mr Perrin said the team have, uh, have trained extensively to carry out this kind of task and use their training and local knowledge to carry out this search. Strong winds and heavy seas made conditions challenging. <laughs> as imagine it's over the motorist who managed to leap out of the car. I mean, because if you'd been in it, you wouldn't have survived. You absolutely wouldn't. Uh, Chris from Pinner. I wonder if there's any other Pinners in the country. I think there's only one, probably. Only one one Pinner. But uh, he's listening on a boat on the Norfolk Broads where we're being blown about all over the place. Four seasons in one day yesterday. I know. There's something nice about being on a boat, though, isn't there? But even in my car, it, it rocked a little bit as little gusts of wind came across the motorway going down it yesterday. There's no other Pinners. It's the only one. Pinner in Middlesex. That's where my auntie Grace used to live in Pinner. Uh, Jenny from the rock singer to marry again, Jennifer Lopez. And here's a picture of uh, Michelle Dubry. We don't know what she is, but she pops up on uh, something. Caroline Rice, who's a happiness coach. Whoopee! That's when she tells jokes. And said, my hero of happiness is broadcaster and presenter Michelle Dubry. Well, she presented. Have I missed this? Is she presenting something? I don't know. Having overcome adversity. adversity to become a renowned businesswoman, winner of The Apprentice and passionate about current affairs. Just sounds like any other boring person who appears on the television. She says she's also an active political commentator. What's impressive is that she's reportedly fought a skin cancer scare and recently underwent significant spinal surgery, yet sent out messages of gratitude and pictures of her thumb upping from the hospital bed. Well, I did that as well. Doesn't necessarily make me a good person, but she says she's a tonic for us all. I don't think so. I don't think so. The producer, every time we see her up on the table, I always go, who's that? And he goes, oh, it's Michelle, Michelle Dubry. And I said, what does she do? He said, I don't know. She just turns up with glasses on. I sometimes look at glasses and I think to myself, are they genuine glasses? Can you look at somebody's glasses and think, are they genuine or are they worn for their appearance? Because there's a lot of people on television. There used to be Katie Price's makeup expert. And whatever his name was, Gary, somebody wrote a book, used to be a coal miner. 
God knows how long that lasts. But anyway, he used to wear glasses and she outed him on a, again, and outed him on the programme saying they're not real glasses, they're just plain glass in there. He's just wearing them because he thinks they look lovely. That's <laughs> a bit sad, isn't it? That's he wearing glasses because you think you look good in them. Mind you, I don't think he's the makeup artist anymore. In fact, I don't even think they're in contact. She seems to ditch people fairly, uh, fairly quickly. Uh, also, 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 oh, there's a lovely lady called Nellie here. She's 95. Nellie Hassel. She served in the Women's Auxiliary Territorial Services, the ATS, during the Blitz. But after leaving the army, she didn't pick up her medals, something her grandson, Scott Henshaw, wanted to rectify. She lives in Plymouth, was awarded her Defence Medal and War Medal by South West Devon MP Gary Streeter in front of family and friends. She said she was delighted to get them. That's more than 70 years after it finished. So well done you. Well done you and well done to... uh, to your, your grandson, Scott, because he kind of got the ball rolling. It's lovely, isn't it? Also, the spy who wants to come home. George Blake, this is. He's a double agent uh, for the Kremlin. He longs to see Britain one last time. I don't think so. He does have a son who's the Reverend Patrick Butler, who he's pictured with in 2012, but I don't think they'll let him back in again. I don't think so. I'm really not sure. Chris in Bolton. Bolton. Why do I know Bolton? Oh, Bolton. It's very famous for... Um, Peter K, Vernon K. It's K, the common denominator up there. K, the name that covers everything. Peter K, and, and, and I always fancy going to Bolton. I don't know why, I can't think of any reason. But it's just that you should say that you should go and visit places in this country. Because otherwise you're very lazy. You know, you should do something. I said to my brother, if you retired, what would you do? He said, oh, we'd be really busy. He said, we'd be going for days out, going on holidays, things like that. I thought, oh, well, that's good. He can't wait now till he retires, till he gets his pension. Because he's worked out exactly how much it is. Which I think I qualify for mine next year. <laughs> how that works, I'll never know. Uh, Steve, the Italian mayor, says Dallas, is talking out of the top of his three-cornered hat. True, it's not spaghetti bolognese, but rather tagliatelle. But the meat recipe is very old and very traditional. My father brought his back from Italy in the 50s when he frequently flew military top brass all over Europe. And I still cook it the same way. The only herb must be a bay leaf and it needs carrots and celery in the mix. Bay or laurel leaves have been used in Italy since pre-Roman times. Oh dear. Michelle Dubery says Dean is on the pledge with Nick Ferrari and Majid. Is Majid on every week? Or is it most weeks? Oh, OK. Thank you, Dean. And uh, so Chris and Bolton, very, very funny and beautiful entertainment. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, the Queen's... Oh, this is an interesting... Oh, I'll have to do it at the other side of the news. It's a good Sarah... Sarah Watts's-Face, Duchess of York. Although she's not a Duchess. I mean, she's not a Duchess at all. And uh, a very interesting uh, story about her, uh, which has angered uh, the former spokesman for the Queen, Dickie Arbiter, who used to be LBC's royal correspondent. And it's a good story about, uh, about Sarah Ferguson, as usual, you know, thinking she's right. As all people do. 30% hike in thefts from passengers on railways. Did you see that thing that came up? It's, a, it's an American programme where they have a bag and a woman leaves it while she's operating the cash point. And then she walks away from it, leaves it, and people pick it up and they w- move away with it. When they open it, it's got an explosive device which throws white paint all over their face. Hilarious. Hilarious. Seriously, it's one. And then the other one, he sort of open it and bang! And all of a sudden his face is covered in red paint. Fantastic! That's the way to get them. I had a producer once. She nearly got robbed at a cash point. But she was a bit too savvy for that one. They never got her money and she got their money at the same time. <laughs> now she's still alive. I'll never know. But there you go. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 
I don't know why Dan Walker's suit doesn't fit. Perhaps they can't afford anything for him. Perhaps they've... It's very baggy, isn't it? Very baggy. But anyway, nice to be company. Sorry about that. We were commenting on, you know, normally people are very smart on the television. But the trick we used to have when I used to read the news on on uh, B Sky B was to sit on your jacket. So, in fact, because you were sitting at a table reading the news, of course, the worst thing for me was that you controlled your own auto cue. So underneath the table was a button and it had two... It was like the size of a foot. If you hit the front of it, it moved the the script on your auto cue, which was underneath the camera, a little bit faster. And then back... But unfortunately for me, I used to tap my feet so you could wear a pair of jeans with a, with a suit jacket on because nobody ever saw you beneath the waist. And then you'd pull down the jacket so you were sitting on it so it made it look a bit nice. But as I tapped, so they, they would have the, the opening, I'm sure it must be there somewhere, the opening music. And, uh, and then the camera would do a panorama round and then it would, they'd go three to one and cue Steve. And I looked up and the script had vanished because I'd been tapping my foot onto the screen. So, of course, you can't do anything. I know that sometimes, I mean, I, now I've learned, that uh, you sit there and you've got your scripts with you. So you've got the backup so you could read from the piece of paper. I just sat there looking like a frightened rabbit caught in headlight, definitely uh, touching the back pedal so I could get the script back. It's awful. All I was looking at was, and that's it for me, I'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs> it's dreadful. Not one of those nightmare things. Steve uh, says, Pat, the meat sauce referred to as bolognese is known as ragu by Italians. Is it? I like Italian food, actually. It's quite simple, isn't it, compared to other things. Mind you, I like Chinese. I like, um, I like, uh, so Italian, China. What do I not like? I don't think there's anything I don't like. I'm not really big sea fish. We were talking the other day about, you know, whether you were into lobster. And I decided that I really wasn't into lobster. Some people adore it. It just doesn't seem to work for me at all. Uh, Scotter says, uh, Steve, Fatty Arbuckles is the place that you store you can eat pizza. I've been racking my brain for over an hour. Well, we didn't have a Fatty Arbuckles here. But I'm sure it was um, Fatty Arbuckle, of course, was a very well-known actor in America. I think there was a story that went along with him. I'm pretty certain. Because a lot of people had had their own restaurants, didn't they? My brother said, was it my brother? No, no, my my godchildren. They said, do you you want to come with us later in the year to Hyde Park? I said, yeah, what for? They went, because Barbara Streisand's singing. And I said, oh, right. I said, how much does that cost? They go, you just got to apply for the tickets, but it's free. I thought, well, I quite fancy that idea. So we're going to go and see Barbara Streisand. Uh, Lewis says, or Louis, not enough years to visit every place worth visiting in the UK. Brits are bonkers holiday abroad, especially in the summer. I know. You don't really want to go to a place where all the the Brits are, do you, really? You think to yourself, oh, it's going to be terrible. Uh, Right, the story, the story about Sarah Ferguson. The Queen's high-profile former spokesman Dickie Arbiter, no fan of Sarah, Duchess of York, takes angry exception to news she recently invited royal biographer Anna Pasternak to visit the Windsor grave of Wallace Simpson. With Pasternak, writer of a new sympathetic book on Edward VIII's controversial wife, having revealed she was able to lay flowers at Wallace's resting place, Arbiter now says, since when was Fergie in a position to give a writer of royal books the thumbs up to visit the royal burial ground at Frogmore? Insisting only the Queen can give such permission, Arbiter previously based at Buckingham Palace for 12 years, calls it a tacky event. Well, that's Sarah Ferguson, isn't it? I mean, I don't think you're allowed to just wander into Frogmore. I remember seeing Prince Philip doing a thing. I think it comes under the um, the auspices of uh, the Windsor Castle 
uh, routine. And he was there, oh, Victoria's great, frog boy. And that was it. And then they, they sort of carried on. I mean, they just all assumed that's where they're going to be at the end of their life, I suppose. But, I mean, Sarah Ferguson there. I mean, she's, she's really, she's, she's not really anything to do with the royal family. Very happy when we're at sea, says Monica. Not, uh, not on land in such windy weather. Mayhem in the city. Just a bit bigger waves and lift up and down every uh, second at sea. I'm still here instead of my boat somewhere safely away from land. It is terrible. 70 mile an hour winds. You've got to be very careful. You know, roofs can blow off and uh, furniture, you know, can disappear all over the place. Pizza Hut did an all-you-can-eat buffet only at lunchtime, though, says George. Thank you. I knew it was somebody like that. Steve, I wouldn't bother coming to Bolton. It's truly awful. Makes Blackpool look like Milan. Well, it's dreadful, isn't it, really? I feel a bit guilty about the whole thing now. I feel I should go. That's from Richard, who's in Bolton. He's stuck there. He can't get out. Can't get out again. I'll tell you what I do enjoy watching on the telly. I enjoy watching that Big Bang Theory. I think it's quite clever, some of it. Some of it. Not all of it, but uh, most of it is actually quite nice. Uh, also, um, taking the flight to Father Time, bellowing actor Brian Blessed, defiantly, he's 82, by the way, defiantly announces, as for my life, I've just started. I'm getting more work now than ever before. I run seven miles a day and can lift up to 300 pounds. I've always had this huge strength. I love him. His wife is gorgeous. I think she climbs mountains. I'm pretty certain. Pretty certain. Uh, also... Uh, what else have we got in the papers? Oh, there's all sorts of stories. Uh, what are things you can't live without? You know, if somebody said to you, what's the one item you can't live without? I would suspect probably it would be my telephone. And the only re- not because I use it, because it tells me how many hours I've spent on it at the end of each week. Why well, I'd want to know that, I can't imagine. But anyway, uh, the only reason I need it is because it's got everybody's phone numbers in it. Although Will Guyatt was, that was that thing you retweeted, Scottish boy, didn't you? Will Guyatt's phone. Did you remember? He's got a very old phone, but the battery lasts forever. Is that because it doesn't it doesn't make any phone calls on it? But he retweeted it. He's got nothing on it. Did you? Un- I'm sorry. Have you understood the question? All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Three, three days, and he's lost seven percent. It's amazing. Mind you, my last one, my last Apple phone before I swapped it for this one, used to use up battery power like there was no tomorrow. You only have to have two phone calls. You back down. And I, so I bought all these things. But now, actually, it's really good. Sometimes I don't charge it every day. Sometimes I charge it every other day, which seems to work. But what, what could you not live without? I would think it would be a telephone. I could live without a car, I think, you know, provided everybody lived near me. You could live without a car. My friend Darren, he says, he says, if you live in London, you don't need a car. Just go and rent one when you need it. And that way you save the expense and the insurance and things like that. But uh, what else would I lose? I probably couldn't live without the television. They tried an experiment some years ago on the television about people having the television taken away. And in this little village, they had divorces, marital splits. Oh, disaster. Children. I don't know if it can. Do you watch programmes on your phone? Do you? Oh, really? Oh, nice. Of course you would, wouldn't you? Just have to jump on the band. We're feeling better now, are we? No, not any better. I think probably after we've done the in-conversations... I think best, maybe. So I've done it on air now. That kind of gives you a bit more sort of credibility. So it's, you know, really, really, because if you're not well, because we need you here for tomorrow morning, because otherwise we'll miss you. Not not really miss. Um, miss is probably the wrong word. <laughs> he's, he's not well. Uh, Steve, welcome to the Big Bang Club. Didn't expect an endorsement from you. Well, I mean, I, I, I do watch it. I do watch it. I mean, I, I quite like it. I like Sheldon. 
God, I'm even embarrassed that I know that. Sorry, when did you say you're seeing Barbara Streisand, says Judy? I think she's doing Hyde Park. She's doing Hyde Park in the in the summer. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't want to be rude about it, but she's in her 70s. I think you should get to see her now. You might not get to see her again. Seriously. I mean, I'm not saying she's going to sort of, you know, she's going to stop singing or anything like that. But I mean, catch her while she's there. So five things I can't live without. So they asked Glynis Barber. Uh, Shakespeare. She can't live without Shakespeare. She can't live without travel. Can't live without her television. And she can't live without exercise. Exercise. I could live without exercise. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'm just not an exercise person. Some people are very lucky. They're very good at doing exercises. They're very good at sort of getting themselves ready and doing all sorts. I just can't do it. I can't. People say, oh, it's he- don't worry. I've got no end of people who write to me and go, Steve, I-, I could train you and you could do all of this kind of stuff. And you sort of, I don't know, you know. Uh, oh, so they've got this King Jong-nam. They found some woman accused of smearing this nerve agent in 2017. So has she been found guilty? This is City Asya, accused of smearing on the face of Kim. It's amazing, actually. They have all these women now who are obviously the prison guards and all the rest of it in these different. So that's what they're She's discharged. Oh, the charge has been dropped. Wow. Well, there's a turn up for the books. They were trying to get that one, weren't they? I think they had a, a few people, but uh, they've said no. Aren't you never sure what's a whitewash now in other countries? It depends which way it's all flowing, doesn't it, really? Uh, other stories in the paper today. 25 years on the Spice Girls. 25 years ago. It doesn't seem possible, does it? I've been here longer. But uh, they, they got together. It was an advert. And they were looking for girls who uh, wanted to sing, form a group. They had records that they were ready to, uh, to run with. And uh, so it's a case of that's what they did. They all got together. And I think the first one they signed was Sporty Spice. They had them all. And then they started. They were all put into a house. And that's where they started learning. You know, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to be called the Spice Girls. And that, I'll tell you what you want, was their first record. And uh, and the rest, as they say, is, uh, is sort of history. It was 25 years on. They made a lot of money. Uh, not out of the group. I think out of the group, they probably all made about 17 million each. Something like that. Because they managed to get themselves on the writing credits. I never quite understood that. Uh, Steve says, Keith, Big Bang Theory, one of the funniest programmes on the television. It's, it's so clever. It's so clever. And I forget how much he earns, the bloke who plays Sheldon. I, I can't remember what he actually earns. Whatever it is, it's, it's dead worth it. Dead worth it. And he's gay. And he's gay. So there you go. That doesn't make a difference. Make a difference. Sel says, if you're the maid of honour at your friend's second wedding after being the bridesmaid at the first, is it appropriate to start your speech with, welcome back, everybody? I don't know. I'm going to give a, a thing at my brother's wedding uh, later in the year. I don't know what it is yet. I don't think he's written it yet. I've been to Frogmore, says Bob. Jim Parsons plays Sheldon. A million dollars per episode. Is it really? Is it really? <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. I need to be a beggar on the streets or play a million dollars an episode. Well, I think that's what they ended up with in Friends, didn't they? A million dollars. My God. Mind you, he's worth it. Who else could do it? Who else could do it? He's, he's just... Where he goes from there, obviously nowhere, because he's going to be too typecast. That's like the cast from Will and Grace. They can't do anything else apart from Will and Grace because they're, they're so known for it. But they pay them so well... You could you could live on that money quite nicely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Talking about swimming, which we weren't, but uh, I, mean, I was just sort of reminiscing. 
Because the, you know, if, if your eyesight's bad, it's not helped by the chlorine in swimming pools, I don't think. And uh, I used to, at school, they go, oh, it's swimming today. And everybody's going, oh, great. And I'm going, oh, God, not that again. And so you get to the swimming pool, then you have to walk. But if you're very clever, you could jump the chlorine bath. You're supposed to do it in case people have got sort of bad feet. But uh, we used to hate hate going through it. You'd stand there. And I used to walk around the swimming pool for ages, trying to build up the uh, the courage to actually get into the water. And there'd be, always be some bright little spark who'd push you in. And all of a sudden, you'd end up being pushed into the pool. And I hated that. Hated it. Didn't like it. You should check out Young Sheldon. I've heard about that one, Stuart. Thank you. Uh, Jim Parsons auditioned for Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother. Couldn't see it, though. He also plays a little alien on the kids' film Home Alongside Rihanna. I've never heard of that at all. I'm only getting the Big Bang Theory. And uh, you say furniture blows all over the place. You've not got windows and doors. Down south, says Steve. Silly boy. Uh, From memory, says Dallas, Fatty Arbuckle was a silent film actor accused of uh, an indecent act with a young woman. Uh, yes, I remember. I remember it. it was a long, long time ago. Long, long, long. I mean, it doesn't make any difference, does it, really? It doesn't change matters. But, yeah, that was his uh, That was his, his bad moment, definitely. Nina says, I couldn't live without Steve Allen on my radio. Thank you. And Bob has been to Frogmore, including visiting the burial ground. Went round the house as well about eight, ten years ago on a day trip to Windsor. Yeah, you don't want Sarah Ferguson turning up there, do you? She's always an embarrassment, really. Uh, Steve, uh, Joey, Matt LeBlanc, out of Friends, was down to his last $11 when he got the part to play Joey. I heard this fact recently, says Kevin, who's not the milkman. Yes, I think in the end they negotiated huge amounts of money, but then each episode would probably take a week to film. And there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff you've got to remember on there. I've, I've sort of, what you, you itemise it down and you suddenly think you couldn't do it. Mind you, for a million dollars I might be able to. Have you seen Fleabag or interviewed the writer-actress in it, Phoebe Waller-Bridge? She's super talented. I've never even heard of it. Never heard of it. Slightly too rude in the first couple, but brilliantly, darkly funny. She wrote uh, Killing Eve. They were complaining about uh, about women. They don't they don't want to see any more women being victims in these... Oh, it was her, her who said that. In these uh, programmes on the television. Uh, people are tired of female victims. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think you can have all sorts of people in there, but not, you know, traditionally it's women, isn't it? I don't know why. Uh, so, so, so. Nick Knowles reveals he's useless at DIY. Like most people. Like most people. I can change the uh, the fuse in a plug. And I could probably do a bit of painting if I put my mind to it. But the rest of it, no chance. Absolutely no chance. I'm not remotely interested. That's why, I mean, what's the point of learning to do something when there are people out there who do it for a living? I don't want to take away somebody's living. I would always be the first person. Uh, they've got more on this uh, this Ethiopian jet horror. Seven Brits died. The uh, aid worker, workers among 157 dead as the plane exploded in a fire ball. And you look at the, the wreckage, which is all over the place, all over the place. It really is. And so people were waiting at the airport and they didn't uh, they didn't get the news that they were hoping they were going to get. I think Boeing 737s generally have a great safety record, but this particular model is relatively new. So Boeing will face questions. This is the second tragedy, the second tragedy. You know, and we've had uh, already somebody who said they should have been on that flight, but they weren't. Uh, Lion Air Flight 610, which crashed off the coast of Indonesia last October, was exactly the same model. Exactly the same model. There has been some controversy over a new automatic anti-stall system, which Boeing included in the planes. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, if there does turn out to be a problem with the system, the whole global fleet would be grounded. 
But this early stage, we need to be careful because there may not be a link at all. Uh, the world exclusive jail pop paedophile sends cash to love child and his mum in Cuba from behind bars. Obviously, he has, uh, has money access. Uh, plus, Emma Bunton believes Strictly Come Dancing helped get her pregnant. She conceived her first son whilst competing in the 2006 show, despite suffering uh, endeme- that long word, you know, endometriosis. I knew I'd get there eventually. Thank goodness it never came up in the news bulletin. She said, I, I did a test and I was and uh, pregnant. Five years earlier, she was told she may never have kids, which nearly broke me. She has a second son with Jay Jones, who she will wed later this year. She said she's not getting married just yet. Mind you, people change their minds, don't they? People change it. I think she's going to be too too tired. She's got, she's got to prepare for the tour at the moment. And that's it. So, want to be in the girl band. The advert said, this was from Heart Management. Are you 18 to 23 with the ability to sing, stroke, dance? Are you streetwise, outgoing, ambitious and dedicated? Oh, yes, they were. And they went there and they were. So there was no girl power. Let me dispense with that immediately. They're a, a group assembled by a man, managed by a man. There's no girl power in this whatsoever. And let's face it, one of them's practically bust. Uh, one's very sporty and had a... had a, Well, anyway. Uh, one's very pretty and worked in this building. Then you've got one who wore the Union Jack thing and pinched Prince Charles's bottom... I thought, frankly, was a hanging offence. And then you've got Victoria Beckham. So what they they put down is how much they're worth. For some reason, uh, Mel, Scary Spice, three million. Because she she lost it all, didn't she? She was uh, uh, twenty seven million for Sporty Spice, uh, for um, Emma, twenty one million, thirty one and a half million for Jerry, and for Victoria, seven hundred million. But that's including Dave's money. Her own money is about 100 million, so they say. But whether you could lay your hands on that much, I don't know. I don't know whether you could have done. Snake of the Mob. It's a good story. You'll like this one, actually. This is a guy called Persico. 17. He was booked in, photographed in a, in a police station. He started his life of crime extorting lunch money from classmates and ended up the most feared of the old school mafia godfathers. Along the way, Carmine, the Snake Persico is suspected of killing 60 people and ordering hits on hundreds more while surviving attempts on his own life in one legendary incident by catching a bullet in his teeth. Not, of course, possible. You know, bullet in your teeth is going to take your teeth out. And now he's, uh, he's died. He died in jail aged 85. And, um, you know, uh, that was the... Uh, he grew up amidst New York's uh, La Cosa Nostra as the five notorious crime families battle for supremacy. I'm told that if you watch the film The Godfather, it's the best indicator of how the families operated, the Gambinos and all these other people, and it was sort of an honour. And uh, if the Godfather looked after you, you know, if you had a, a wrong with somebody, then you went to see your, your Godfather, and he would he would take care of the of the business. So consequently, people... And the Godfather films, I thought, were great. They went off, off the boil a little bit, but mostly absolutely brilliant. Uh, Steve... If your newsreader, Philip Chrysikos, asks questions, is it called a Chrysikos quiz or crisscross quiz, says Keith? It's just called a quiz, I think. Steve, uh, Monday again. Greetings from Gail, rain-lashed Cardiff. Congratulations on 40 years, LBC. Francis Ross would be a good value on In Conversation. He would be, actually, especially after what they've just been talking about in the papers, or he has. And uh, Steve just docked in grim Southampton on board Aurora. From beautiful freezing Norway, Huskies and Northern Lights... 
I know Southampton docks never looks the same, does it? You sort of you sort of pull in in the morning, so you've been you've been asleep in bed, and during that time the ship has negotiated itself in, so it's all ready, and then it's all it's all tied up, and so they let you sleep for a little bit longer, then out of bed you get, and then you have to and you go, oh, we were so much happier on the ship, so much happier. I told you that the just in case you missed it, the person who won the cross channel, the transatlantic uh, trip, was on this program. It was somebody who, who 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 phoned up from this this station. I'm so excited, actually. We've never had that before. Steve the Miltman says, Did you know that Emma Bunton's father was a Miltman? I worked with him for many years. Still in touch with him now. Top bloke. Oh, there you go. You never know. I never asked what people's fathers do. I don't think it seems a bit impertinent. Uh, you mentioned Joe Swash's hair recently, says Anne. He said he asked Deck where he got his done and went there. I watched an old BGT and saw just how thin on top deck was. I think Ant looks like he's had it too. It's a very odd-looking piece of hair. It looks like, I don't know if it comes off, or it's like David Beckham's hair. Is it his hair? Is it not his hair? I don't know, because men are very funny about that. Very fit. They don't want to talk about it. You know, no, it's my hair. They don't want, they don't want to, I don't know why. I don't know why. We, 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 we can't be honest, can we, about, yes, I've had a hair transplant, or, yes, this is a toupee, or this is... I was talking to somebody the other day who's got million hairs, which comes like um, a salt shaker, and you shake it on your head, and it comes out like candy floss, and then you spray it. I mean, in this wind, I wouldn't bother. It'll be, it'll be disappearing. Back from Venice, early hours, says Alana. The landing was scary. The wind was terrible. I've, I've had a few bevies, as I was nervous, but thanks for my one Cornetto tune and winning your fabulous award. I know. Look at that. Look at that. God dear. How much did you pay for that uh, that gondola ride? How much did you pay for that gondola? I was told they're between 40 and 80 pounds for a gondola ride. However many, I mean, you've got 30, but you can book in advance. How do you know who you're going to get? Oh, right. Oh, you don't. You, you could get anybody. Yeah, well, here we go again. You think? I mean, it obviously must take something, mustn't it, to be a, to be a gondola? It's 90 quid if you just... 90 quid! Well, for a gondola ride, I'd be out there going, <laughs> blowing up my little lilo and paddling around. It's supposed to be sinking, isn't it, Venice? Doesn't it sort of, you know, like a quarter of an inch a year or something? I mean, it's not going to make any difference to anybody. But uh, when it floods, it floods. I like the idea of them singing. They never sang one cornetto. That just happened to be the television advert. <laughs> Always very funny, though. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nick... Get the words right then. Morning, everybody. Nick Ferrari's with you at 7 o'clock this morning for breakfast on LBC. And this morning, a former director of public prosecutions has branded the Home Secretary a moral coward for stripping Shamima Begum of her British citizenship after her three-week-old baby died. Is it still possible to argue that Sajid Javid did the right thing? Nick will bring you up to speed on all the vital Brexit talks and votes which are set to take place this week. Plus, after middle-class students demanded to know why they'd been rejected by Oxford, do you think universities should be favouring people from less well-off backgrounds in the name of diversity? That's all with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 here on LBC. That was that film. Do you remember that film that I was obsessed with, which is uh, called The Guinea Pig? And it had Richard Attenborough in it, whose parents had a little tobacconist, and they wanted him to go to a, a posh school. So he was a working-class boy, and he went to this this sort of university kind of place and uh, and struggled for a while. And even the headmaster was saying, this isn't going to work. But his form master struggled with it and said, listen, you know, he, he can do this. And it's it's sort of overcoming, uh, overcoming all the adversity. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a very good film, very, very good film. Uh, Sharon, normally in Stanmore, says in, is it Murcia in Spain? 
about to leave for Luton. All this talk of crashes and gales not inspiring me. I hate flying at the best of times. Listening to you whilst getting ready always take you everywhere I go. And Alana says, by the way, that Venice gondola ride cost, wait for it, 80 euros. 80 euros. That's a lot of money, isn't it? That is a late... Well, listen, if you, you're not going to do it every week. You're going to do it once. If you go on a holiday, you've got to do it. We were saying about Mark Square, St. Mark Square. If you've got a cup of coffee and you want to sit at one of the cafes, you want to sit at the front, you're going to pay for it. You're going to pay for it. You want to go and sit right at the back where nobody sees you. You know, it's, it's, you, you, know you have to be seen, don't you? Vic says, never got over the gondola ride in the middle of the Venetian Hotel in Vegas. One of the most embarrassing things I've ever done, but the wife loved it. <laughs> I've been on it as well. I went to the Venetian because I didn't realise they have the men standing on the back singing sometimes. But, of course, they're not actually powering the boats. They're clipped onto a, a little thing that trails under the water. They're just following a little a little course. <laughs> I agree with you. But I, I love the hotels over there. I love them. Alana says, happy but skint. It's expensive in Venice, but my dear brother Barry passed away and told me it was the most beautiful place he'd ever been. So I purposely went to light a candle for my brother and, and uh, he was right. It was magic. Look at that, eh? Look at those glasses, honestly. But uh, it's not... Eight, listen, if it makes you happy, why not? I never complain about anything like that. If somebody wants to go and do something because it was either pertinent to your family or, you know, it was, it was sort of something that you'd always wanted to do, why not do it? Why not do it? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, so, 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 so. Uh, business authorities have rejected dozens of prospective company names. Incli- I can't... Knickers and knockers and all sorts of things. You know, people coming up with rude things. And your page three girl today is the dreary Rianne Sugden, who's uh, sending flirty signals. She's now learning sign language. Riveting. I've got a sign for you, dear. Oh, God, there you go. That was it. She posed for a picture signing, the letter R for Rihanna, and tweeted, I know now, now know how to sign most animals, pets and colours. So if a green cow or a purple guinea pig crosses my path, I can sign it. Yes. Claim to fame, she sells stories. OK. Uh, what else we got here? Game of Thrones star Amelia Clark has knocked the knockers of its ample sex scenes. She says, Kit Harrington. Oh, I can't read it. It's all the rude words, I'm afraid. If they weren't rude words, I would have given them to you. But uh, I know how delicate you are, some of you. And also, boozy Brits spend a million pounds a week on adult ice lollies. I didn't know there was such a thing as an adult. What's an adult ice lolly, apparently? Oh, these are sort of mojito flavour from Ice Kitchen. And Aldi's G&T flavoured Giannis. Good Lord, I didn't even know there was such a thing. How interesting. How interesting. Here's Naomi Campbell wearing another ridiculous outfit. I thought she was past her sell-by. I didn't realise she was still working. But she's obviously very keen to be with Liam. Uh, but they won't be photographed together. I don't know why. Perhaps she thinks she's being dark and mysterious. But uh, not really that interesting, is it? Two people want to go out to eat, you know, with each other. Who cares? Uh, women do 70% of the cooking in homes. The same proportion of both sexes say the kitchen is the domain of the woman of the house. Who would say that? The kitchen is the... Dem- That's dreadful, isn't it? Absolutely awful. Jennifer Lopez. And uh, she's been wed three times. She's sworn not to say I do again. So she's hot to marry. Again. So she'll be marrying. Oh, look, doggies. Oh, these... Are, I know what this is. This is a, a sausage dog. They're breeding them too long. Too long, so they sag in the middle. They're so cute, puppies. Oh, puppies are gorgeous. They really are. And uh, snoring could be linked to a sudden cardiac death, the study of young rugby players claims. Why rugby players? Why rugby players? That's very odd. That's very odd. Boffins in Japan think it could be due to larger body mass and explain unexpected heart attacks. 
plus, plus, plus footage of a cop battering a suspect over the head with a can of pepper spray is being investigated. There's always somebody has got some sort of device for recording these sort of things. And that one there is that. Uh, plus Stephen Hawking's former nurse has been suspended and is facing a misconduct allegation over her care of him. Lord above. But it's being done in secret. They're not, uh, they're not doing it publicly. Uh, plus Hunt vows to rescue jihadi bride's babies. Well, how many are there? How many are there? The pigeon fancier called in the flying squad. This is Mark Gilbert, devastated after becoming victim to Britain's biggest bird burglary. They nabbed 20 of his pigeons before making a quick getaway. He's offered a £20,000 reward. They're worth about £150,000. And uh, Mark was unavailable for comment yesterday, but he wrote on Facebook, just come back from a lovely weekend to find 20 of my best stock pigeons stolen. I'm devastated. I mean, I would have thought if they're worth that much money, you would have... um, CCTV and all sorts of things just to sort of keep them. Uh, plus, they found a small species of dinosaur down under. This is the Gallinosaurus durace, roamed between Australia and Antarctica 125 million years ago. It had two legs, sharp teeth, and was the size of a small kangaroo. Wouldn't you love to go back? Wouldn't you love to go back to these times? Go, I want to go back 125 million years, climb into the TARDIS, and then you sort of uh, go back and, and you go... Wow, that must be fantastic. They are what? Then they'd eat you. I don't. I don't think they were meat eaters. Most of them. And also, if it was the size of a, you know, of, of a small kangaroo, could deal with that. Could deal with a small kangaroo. Steve says, Anne, we paid eighty-five euros for a gondola ride in Venice. But like you say, once in a lifetime, probably won't see Venice ever again. I know, I know. And um, <laughs> Giorgio says, what do they call Chinese food in China? Food. Hardly call it. It's like finding an English restaurant. We do have English restaurants in London where they serve, you know, roast beef and Yorkshire pudding, which sounds delicious to me. Uh, At the time that Richard Attenborough, says Nigel, played the schoolboy in The Guinea Pig, he was married to Sheila Sim, also in the film. And I believe they had two children. And that's what you call acting. Yeah, it's a great film. Great film. It really is good. Really is good. Uh, The gondoliers or the gondolas charge per boat. So if there are six of you, it's better value than if there are only two of you. But it is, says Angela, a truly magical experience. And the gondolas will not sing if you ask them not to. They're very knowledgeable and very professional. Well, they're just rowing a boat. I mean, they, they, they can't actually go anywhere else apart from just around Venice. There is, that's all. They don't have roads. So, and, and, they, and they sing. I'm sure I want to hear them singing, actually. Although I probably would, actually. If you'd paid 80 euros, I would expect somebody to, to sing. For what they sing, I've got no idea. But it sounds very exciting. Uh, so Molly King... Another picture of Molly King, who's getting on a bit now, but she's writing a book with her ginger toy poodle, Alfie, as the inspiration for the lead character. I suppose, you know. They've all done it, haven't they? Rochelle Humes released her kid's title last month. Madonna, David Walliams and McFly's Tom Fletcher have also done it. I think David Walliams would be the most successful out of all of them. So what they've done is jumped on a bandwagon. David Baddiel's been very successful too, yeah. I didn't know Rochelle had done her last month. How did she sell? don't know. I don't know. I'll have to find out later. Uh, new drama tonight, and uh, it's about a serial cheat. It's called Cheat. There you go. They're nothing if not original with these things. Uh, plus that uh, that pub's pound roast. Well, actually, it's not really, because you've got to spend three quid on a drink to qualify for the pound roast. But uh, they've been so busy down there. I hope he's making money. I hope he's making money, because it's so easy 
to uh, to actually sort of do something but lose money. Council chiefs are hunting fly tippers who dumped three mobile homes at a busy road. The static caravans were abandoned on the A3. They were so big they needed a lorry to haul them off to a tip. Basingstoke and Dean Council think they were dumped on Feb the 18th. We will do everything, they say, in our power to prosecute. That'll be interesting, won't it? I don't know how you're going to manage that one. Uh, plus, oh, I can't do that one. Uh, Tina offering a lifeline to hounds. This is uh, playing the piano, a special form of torture Spanish hunters reserve for their underperforming dogs. They've got all these poor doggies who, uh, you know, they need somebody to look after them. And so they've got this, uh, this, this couple who look after doggies, which is nice. Uh, people are used to chucking, chuckling as security staff break up warring parties on the Jeremy Kyle show. But uh, being Jeremy Kyle, he found himself in a teleclash. It could have had fatal consequences because people turned up afterwards, you know, you know, talking about moped muggings and stuff like that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Ten to seven, sort of. Uh, somebody says, did you see the GC almost drooling over Naomi Campbell? Yeah, she was criticised because she turned her back on Harry Redknapp. Very rude person. Very rude person. Uh, Steve, and a lot of people have pointed this out to me. With the stolen pigeons... When they eventually get them back somewhere, will they not fly back to their loft? And the answer is, I'm assuming. Because otherwise, unless somebody's going to hold them for ransom, the moment you release them, they're going to fly, fly back to where they come from. Unless they end up in a pie, Steve. Oh, I don't even want to think about things like that. Also, uh, happy birthday today. Joseph and Gareth are 39. Big fan, says Patsy. And at the Times, seven Britons... Among the dead in that Ethiopian jet disaster, all 157 people on board were killed when it crashed shortly after takeoff. And it goes to prove, doesn't it, that we're no more safer there, although it's supposed to be the safest form of transport. Uh, Joanna Toole, who was an animal welfare campaigner, died in the crash. She boarded the flight in Addis Ababa whilst en route from Rome to Nairobi. Uh, the Times also talk about uh, Brexit vote must be put on hold. MPs warn May. The Guardian... May fights to save her Brexit deal and her job as Eurosceptics circle. It is like that, isn't it? It's like they're moving in for the kill. Charlotte Church takes a break from drinking. Good heavens above. <laughs> the world will never be the same again. And uh, more on the pitch battle. The fan who punched an Aston Villa player during a derby clash. You never understand some people, can you? Uh, front page of the Telegraph. Uh, they've got uh, EU ready to charge one billion a month. For the Brexit delay. New schools for troubled children to combat knife crime. They don't have an answer for this. I wish they did have. Soldiers implicated in Bloody Sunday fear losing their anonymity if they're charged with murder over the deaths of protesters 47 years ago. And the final slice of ISIL's caliphate was braced, braced for a fresh assault from Western-backed forces, which relaunched their stalled offensive against the Islamic State of Iraq and the Levant ISIL. After years of hard fighting, the Syrian Democratic Forces, a Kurdish-led alliance, boxed ISIL into a tiny triangle of land. So uh, it might be going. And a collection of shrunken heads, if you please, may be removed from an Oxford museum after complaints by an indigenous South American people. The Pitt Rivers Museum is in discussion with representatives of the Shuar people of the Amazon rainforest over the future of the heads regarded by the tribe as having religious significance. Curators at the museum said talks were prompted after visitors said the head were a freak show. That's what they used to do, though, wasn't it? People did... I seem to remember back in my childhood, people talked about shrunken heads. I remember thinking, are they real? The answer is yes. Apparently, yes, they are. 
Uh, front page of the Eye this morning, living with polar bears, win or vote, win the vote or quit, Tory MPs till May, and the father who pays tribute to the marine expert, Joanna Toole, killed in that Ethiopian plane crash tragedy. Front of the Sun this morning, jackass, pitch yob, thumps, Grealish, fury at Derby security, uh, seven Brits dying, and Tories tell PM to quit. Front of the Mirror, pervert Gary Glitter's secret son in Cuba. He sends money, apparently, over there to the uh, to the mother and the son as well, and has done for some time. Seven Brits die in the jet hell. Joanna Toole gets the front pages of all the, uh, the papers, uh, including the Express. They've got pictures of part of the wreckage. Also, the last chance to take control of Brexit. That's uh, Theresa May and Brexit. And Baby Spice, How Strictly Helped Me to Get Pregnant. That's Emma Bunton. Front of the uh, the Daily Mail, uh, the skincare secrets that really can turn back the ageing clock. I wish. I wish. I wish it was something easy. You know, they could go, if you use this cream at night, when you wake up in the morning, you're going to look so much younger. Uh, that, that, that you'd be paying for. That you would be paying for. Well, I certainly would be paying for it. Uh, plus, it's time to unite Britain with Brexit in the balance. Michael Gove makes an impassioned plea for MPs to put the country first and vote for Mrs May's deal. Uh, the girl who died, the UN worker from... She's the front page of every paper. It's amazing. Absolutely every single paper. Uh, plus, Coward. This is front page of the Daily Star. Uh, football united in horror after a fan ran onto the pitch to punch Jack Grealish. Where did these people come from? I really don't know. Uh, plus, Dancing on Ice diva Gemma Collins has never danced on ice in her entire life. She can barely stand up on it and was the total embarrassment for Dancing on Ice the other evening. And the reason was that she said, I'm going to give it like my best. Unfortunately, because she's bone idle and she can't skate or she can't dance, you know, just waving your arms around, unfortunately nowadays is not classed as dancing. You know, it's dancing on ice. Everybody else puts the effort in. She put no effort in whatsoever. I don't know why they bother booking her. But there again, they go, oh, because I think people are laughing. They laughed at Jordan. They'll laugh at her. They'll laugh at a few other people. I should imagine half of Towie Hater. Because uh, she's started believing the publicity, which is terribly embarrassing. Terribly embarrassing. But, uh, you know, we'll wait and see. I mean, they, they might eventually use her on something. What? I can't imagine. She said she wants to go back on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here because she only managed three days last time. That's how useless she is. But we'll wait and see. But uh, we still laughed at somebody likening her to a fridge. Not the size of her or anything like that or the colouring. It was the GC and it's LG, isn't it? And so that's what it is. But, of course, she didn't understand that at all. We have to explain things to her. She's, she's a bit slow on the uptake. Uh, plus some of the other stories which made the, uh, the papers this morning are sort of the sort of stories which we, we see every single day. I did the... You remember the, uh, the train story? These new trains, a fleet of them. Uh, they're marooned at the moment. You know why? Drivers can't see out the front window. Kind of, I would have thought, imperative for driving a train. This is £240 million worth of Class 717 trains are unsafe. Drivers claim because the seat is in the wrong position, they can't spot signals. I mean, it must be like driving the Starship Enterprise. There's also a blind spot obscuring parts of the track. And uh, the new trains unveiled in October and were due to run on the Great Northern Line between Welling Gardens City and Stevenage and Moorgate. The Tory MP for Wellin, who's Grant Chap, says, while we suffer from the oldest, least reliable trains on Britain's rail network, millions of pounds worth of new trains are sitting gathering dust in the railway siding. It seems ridiculous that the driver can't see anything. And you could see how he would not be able to see things. Although I just thought they drove by themselves. 
I didn't realise that you had to sort of actually have somebody sitting there driving the blooming thing in the first place. It's like planes. You know, a plane, once it's taken off, it can fly itself. And it can probably land itself as well. Uh, proving that she really is the fake that you thought she was. Enjoying her holiday at the moment. Yes, in Greece. It's Roxanne Pallet, that nasty little piece of work. We tried to get somebody fired. One of the other celebrities, and it turned out she was telling porcupines. That, as they say in the business, is it for a Monday. So we'll do it again tomorrow. We'll look forward to your company. What, what the weather's going to be like, you're going to have to batten down the hatches by the sound of it. It sounds ghastly. It's going to be so sort of wet and miserable. Andrew Pierce has just sent me a thing. Oh, always late. Always late to the, to the party. Says, well done on the award. Richly deserved. Thank you very much. Very nice. <laughs> we're, going, we're going for an OBE now, we've decided. we see if we can get one of those. Anyway, thank you, Andrew. Have a nice day. Before I go, time to let you know what's coming up on my free podcast. I'm a little bit extra. Talk about the big finale, of course. Uh, you didn't know it was on, I know. Well, the ice dancing show for celebrity amateurs was won by a professional dancer. But then at least he actually bothered dancing, unlike Gemma the Fridge. You'll hear all the big stars who went to watch some electric car race out in Hong Kong, from the old woman and her toy boy to the woman who pretends to be nobility. Plus, I'll tell you about the music producer Calvin Harris's Hollywood home and why I want to buy it. It's in the Hollywood Hills. It's really cheap. It's only about 5.7 million. A little bit extra available very shortly on the LBC app and on the Global Player app too, as well as listening. listening. You could whistle as well. Uh, Live to LBC. You can listen back to this and the other LBC programmes, as well as listening to a range of podcasts. Have yourself a nice day. Stay safe. Coming up at 10, it's James O'Brien. But right now, with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Sunday from 5am. 